last week. Lawrence Cheney was named the winner yet again. And in the bottom was Sister Sister versus Ginny Lemon. And Ginny Lemon, she just she just walked off. She just left. This week is all going on. I'm going to throw it out there right away. I think this is the best episode of Drag Race ever. Over to you, Fraser. What are we doing? <laughs> Welcome to the Drag Race recap show for Drag Race UK Season 2, Episode 5, titled The Rue Rue Vision Song Contest. I'm also going to call it Meet Joe Black again. I am Ben. <laughs> I'm Fraser. <laughs> Fraser like Razor. And you might know us from our podcast, You're Welcome America, where in every episode we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're bloody welcome, bitches. <laughs> and for the next four weeks, we're going to be your hosts as we recap the second season of Drag Race UK. Okay, overview of this episode. For the maxi challenge, the queens must split into two groups, two girl groups that is, to write and record lyrics and perform choreography in the first ever <coughs> Ruru Vision song contest. <laughs> and on the main stage, the category is A Day at the Seaside. Uh, <laughs> um, the United King dolls, consisting of Lawrence, uh, Bimini, and Tace and Ahora, are named the winners. And the judges place Joe Black Tea or Coffee um, of Banana Drama in the bottom two. And after a lip sync for their lives, Tea or Coffee is told Shantae you stay. Thank the Lord. And Joe, meet Joe Black again, is asked to sashay away. Bye, Joe okay. Black. <laughs> okay. Before we before we get started, there's just something I have to say. Uh-oh. Bing bang bong. <laughs> sing sang song. Ding dang dong. Bing, bang, UK you. Han. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm insane. Did you know that that song is number one in the UK? I just read, I just read that, but when someone says number one in the year 2021, what does that mean? Is that like a Spotify chart? It's like, you know what I mean? Is that an Amazon playlist number one? What's going on? I know it's number one on iTunes. I know that there's that much happening. Listen, I, I think whatever it is, number one on any chart, that's a pretty funny and awesome achievement for a uh, Drag Race song. Sure. sure. <laughs> also, okay. just just because uh, I, I might forget when, I, when we get to it later, I had like a spoiler that I didn't realize I'd seen for this episode where I accidentally, I went on Twitter and then I had to close it down because I was like, oh, I don't want to see anything. And before I closed it down, I saw a tweet that said, <laughs> that, that stocks in H&M had plummeted or the H&M was closing and I thought it was real and I just kind of forgot about it and Whoa. put it out of my mind and then obviously okay. I saw the episode and I was like oh okay H&M hasn't closed down got it it's like the time that Kylie Jenner tweeted does anyone go in Snapchat anymore and like Snapchat plummeted for a week and then she had to tweet again oh I'm I'm still snapping or something like that <laughs> right before we properly get into it I think this was such a highly anticipated episode because no one knew what on earth was happening or going to happen. You and I were both worried it was going to be all like lockdown zooms from home. And we, we heard rumors that someone wasn't coming back, but did we think that was Ginny? It was just, there was a lot, there was a lot going into this episode. Yeah. I genuinely felt nervous starting the episode because I just, I needed it to, I needed it to be, exactly what it ended up being so i was so relieved <laughs> yeah i also as uh as, as a tv producer i don't know if you know that fraser but i do produce tv um, do, you, I, do you drive a jeep i do drive a jeep thank you <laughs> um 
I, uh, I was also just fascinated to see how they were going to do it mm. and how they were going to address it. Are they going to break the fourth wall and all that? Right. Should we hop, jump, dive headfirst into this? Like, yes, indeed. So, uh, should we, are you going to attempt to sing the post elimination song again? Okay. <clears throat> How'd you feel about that? It was you. I think the beginning was good, but it's missing. There's like a like an up and down bit that I can't quite like. Okay, okay. Well, there we go. Okay. We can fuse Got those it. two things together. Okay. Uh, okay, chronologically in time, we are in March 2020. Still yes. at the top yes. of the episode, we're after Ginny's elimination. Yeah, we've uh, we come back to. Sister, sister, didn't know how much I missed you reading the mirror message from uh, Ginny Lemon. And it's, witches unite, fancy a slice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, and of course, well, that, well, last week, you know, on the, on the, I was about to say the sing-off. What show is this? Oh, no, the, the sing-off. The sing-off <laughs> on the lip sync. Um, Cause Ginny, you know, walked out pretty much straight away. Sister, sister was on stage by herself. So they were all asking sister, you know, did, when did you notice that you're the only one lip syncing? What did you think? And she said that someone yelled sister behind and she glanced <laughs> behind her to an empty stage. Sister behind. <laughs> sister behind. To that very strange cover of Kim Wilde cover of keep me hanging on, which I still kind of, anyway, yeah, I've not investigated that in my downtime in my seven months <laughs> off. I haven't looked into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um, we we get a kind of a, a bit of a like you know they're like oh god i can't believe it can't believe it and lawrence kind of says oh, i'm actually really pissed off and they're kind of like i think it's it's lawrence and uh bimini that kind of speak up the most about this they're kind of like well it was pretty shit to like basically tap out of the of the contest and lawrence kind of says it says it the, in the best way i think that anyone says it in this where he's in his interview and he kind of says like you're Ginny lemon you're like really funny. You're really different. You're really cool. You're like, you've got so much to give and you just give up. And yes, yes cause I think it's the right way to do it. Cause he wasn't just saying like, Oh, that was shit that you gave up, whatever. He like completely said what we were all thinking, which was like, she was great. Like she had so much more she could have done. She just kind of like hit a wall and just gave up. Mm-hmm. And doesn't sister also say here, like, I don't know if I, belong in this i don't know if i deserve to be here because yeah i essentially won by default so am i meant to be here am i not yeah it's it's one of those ones where i i think five years ago everyone would have been pissed off whereas like now it's more well look mental health wise if you're not feeling great what all power to you do not put yourself through a bad situation or something that's not gonna make you feel good yeah and that's where we are and I know that I talked about the Ben de la Creme of it all last time, um, but I think that the, the stranger difference, I guess, with this one is that Ben de la Creme left on like a huge high. Um, like he basically like had won every single challenge and had won that, that challenge the week that he eliminated himself. He was like at the tippy top and basically everyone thought he was going to win and then he just left. So it's kind of like two very different sides of it. Cause it's like one thing to leave when you're, his was weird because he left because he was going to win, which is really strange. And hers is obviously the opposite where it's like she left because she thought she was going to lose maybe, but that's kind of the unspoken part of it. But anyway, yeah, I, I feel like it's not anyone's, it's, it, I, I'm not, again, I'm not saying what you're allowed to, to react to and how, how one should react, but 
my take is it's a shame she left because yes, she did have so much more to give, particularly because she'd only just she just started expanding her drag and you know work was looking into her sexuality and being sexy. However, it's up to her whatever she wants to do. So yeah. let's move on. And you know what? Let's move on with a global pandemic. <laughs> well, well, should we get into a uh, a fun argument with poor old Ronnie G's last appearance on the show? Oh yeah, what what was that again? Remind so me. So basically, Ahura kind of says like, "Well, I don't even think that Ginny should have been in the bottom two. And then basically, Ronnie G was like. Uh, and Ronnie G was kind of like, oh, so you're saying that I should be in the bottom? And they were like, yeah, you should have been. And basically, they have that kind of slightly, that really awkward kind of argument where basically Ronnie G is like, you underestimate me again. And basically says all of that stuff that she said before. And Taste quite rightly pointed out here that like, she basically calls her a cocky slag. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and she, she cocky slag. <laughs> and Taste quite rightly pointed out in this moment. Taste was like, no, I wasn't calling you. I wasn't underestimating you. I wasn't saying that you're the underdog. I wasn't saying any of that. I was saying you're a cocky slag, which you are. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the, tone, the way she said it, like the tone of it was very, it's, it, it was on the edge of that's a criticism, but also kind of, uh, an accolade. It was yeah. on the edge of two. Do you know? What I mean? Oh, you're a cocky slag. That yeah, kind of thing, wasn't it? Exactly, exactly. So it's kind of a little, uh, a little kind of a, a little bit of a misstep from Ronnie G. I think a little bit kind of uh, she. So it's so tough because you can't like speak for how someone should react to something, but she just she went down the same path that she'd been down before, and I think maybe she should have just said, Oh, well, you know, I get that you all think that, but the judges didn't. So whatever, but she kind of did, but I don't know. It was just a little too, we didn't need that. Like you all think I'm not good enough. It's like, no, 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 no one's saying that. They just thought you did shit, which you did. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But once again, let's just sweep that all under the rug because yeah. you know what? There's that, there's that global pandemic coming our way. So a siren goes off and Rue comes on the screen and they're like, Oh, this hasn't happened before at this part of the show. What's going on? I don't know. This hasn't happened. Um, and Rue tells the queens that they must cease filming immediately. Uh, and she says, drag queens know a thing or two about survival. So say, so stay safe. And I pray we'll be back together soon, even stronger than before. Now with my love, sachet away. Yeah. That was that, you know, I think that as soon as, as soon as the episode, as soon as that happened and the, the credits started, I was kind of like, oh, okay, okay. I think we're just gonna, I think we're just gonna pick up where we left off. I, I kind of, I felt good about it at that point. Yeah. But they must have, at that moment, they must have had no clue if even the show would come back. Yeah. It's like, so scary. Yeah. Also, it's one of those things where particularly back then when it was all happening, it's a bit like, oh, we might all die. So this is getting very dark. Listen. Right. <laughs> it's a bit like, well, we might all die. So it's a bit like a reality show is kind of at the very, very bottom of concerns. Yes. You're you know so I mean? right. That, that kind of thing at the beginning where it was like, we really didn't know what was going on. And it was like, oh, actually, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we could all be dead. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Oh, yikes. What a, what a so, strange and different world we are still stuck in right now. Blah, blah, blah. I know. 
I know. Um, quick shout out to uh, the lockdown episode, which I unfortunately watched. And oh, they did God. like a like a, a 30, maybe like a 37 minute episode, which was all of them on lockdown and catching up with them at home. It was one of the most depressing pieces of TV I have ever watched. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. You, I like I, I thank you. And I'm so sorry that you watched that. As, as I basically said to Ben, I can't watch that. I can't do it to myself. Yeah, it it was a number of things. It was they had had been sort of cocooned away from what was going on in the world because they're on the show. So they they get out, they go home, they're like, oh, this is a real big thing. Shit. They're all pretty young and up and coming. So they don't live in perhaps the nicest of uh, places. So they're all flats (laughs) and they're all in their pokey flats and (laughs) they're pokey flats and they've got no work. So they're all stuck at home and it's just, oof, it is a tough watch. And understandably, a lot of them get very depressed. In particular, Ronnie G right. um, falls into a depression and can't get out of bed for a very long time. Oh, God. And his, his fiance uh, wakes him up with a cup of tea and tries to get him out of bed most days. It is Ooh. really, really rough. It also, and in fact, we should say, we'll come on to this later, um, it, it really does highlight the whole art scene of it all. Oh, and yeah. How, and how hard it must be if you're self-employed and you're an artist like this and the pandemic mm-hmm. hits. Speaking of, we'll be speaking about that and much more fun things as well at the end of the show because we have Crystal from season one, from Drag Race season one, UK, uh, coming on just to give us a, a boots on the ground chat about what's going on in the UK, her thoughts on Drag Race season two. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Boots, boots on the ground. Boots, boots, boots on boots. the ground. <laughs> so, listeners, if you have just joined us, we're now at seven months later, and it feels like a whole new season starting, doesn't it? As all the queens trot back into the workroom. Yeah, I like I like the way they did this. They did it as a full on kind of reset. So we get to see almost like, well, I guess <laughs> I guess maybe they were thinking everyone has a new face so we need to reintroduce everyone to the ladies so first of all a horror stomps into the room and she's wearing these kind of white ankle boots and this blue blazer she looks great i've really i have to say i'm having a real like a horror switch around after last after the last episode i'm like now fully just in love with a horror i think she's great and i just seeing her trotted in that like blue short blazer uh, next up is, and as as ever, I'm doing that fun thing of playing the episode in the background just to really refresh my memory. We've got Bimini. Bimini's uh, yep. back. So Bimini trots in with a giant bag, like one of those giant, really unattractive, like zippy up bags that you might chuck all your laundry in. Or if you're moving house, you know what I mean? You might put all your shit in. Um, what is she wearing? Let me have a look. Oh, she's got a lovely leopard print coat on. She's good to go. Is her face looking a little freshened up? Yeah, she's definitely she's definitely got a new look. Uh, everything's just uh, been been fine tuned. A little tweak there, a little tweak here. Great, good for her. <laughs> good for her. I also love. And again, you know, people can spend their money wherever they want. But in the lockdown episode, they're all like, "We've got no money. We're not working." And then they all come back with new faces. I'm like, "Oh, choices were made. Good for you." You know. <laughs> yeah, and Ahura is kind of like, "Oh, you're looking." You're different <laughs> and Bimini's like oh so are you but I do think that Ahura kind of already had quite like a snatched 
a snatched look out of drag anyway, like, because she's got those beautiful big lips and she's always kind of looked a bit like snatched and villainess like so i felt like her transformation was like the least the least noticeable and yeah. then also on the i just want to say on the lockdown episode ahura uh full face of hair what oh really yeah loves mm. loves a beard i'm interested beard. to see that i think that yeah. i would be i'd be quite into that actually she looks great. She looks great. Right. Who have we got next? So Ellie Diamond trots back in. And what made me laugh about Ellie Diamond is that everyone else is bringing like suitcases and you know, those big like shopping bags. Ellie seems to have like a, a little bag for life and like a backpack. <laughs> Wait, you need to, you need to explain what a bag for life is. Oh, bag for life is a, uh, what do they call it here? Like a reusable bag, <laughs> like a supermarket bag. But for some reason they're called bags for life in the UK. Cause I guess really? you keep the bag for life. It's really threatening. And after about four years, they get really tatty, don't they? <laughs> yeah. And it just made me laugh the way it just, I like that she came in basically like she'd been to the supermarket with a backpack on. <laughs> She's just like, hi, yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, yeah, and she also says, her. well, yeah, well, she says that in Scotland, because in my home country of Scotland, things, the laws are a bit different. So no live performances were allowed. So for example, in, in the U, in the UK, in England and Wales, for a time, you could do live performances last summer, but in Scotland, they were much more strict. So she has basically done no drag, no performing. So she's been back working at the drive-thru, hasn't she? Yeah, like thanks to your girl, Nicola uh, Sturgeon. Nic- Nikki, Nikki Sturge, yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, she's been back at the drive-thru and... Yeah. And then, um, Lawrence comes back in, dragging his, <laughs> dragging his suitcase. And he's just like, he's like, sorry, I'm late. There was a leaf on the line, which is a classic British kind of, uh, classic UK thing to be like, all oh, the trains aren't working because there's a leaf on the line. Very classic. Like a, like a leaf, a leaf from nature. Cause do you know what? When it gets wet, which is often it is, when those leaves get on that train line, train can't go. <laughs> Uh, I love it. And um basically then um there's a new there's a new girl in town. Uh I think she's sister sister. <laughs> she strolls in and she's been uh she's definitely been refreshed. She's got um a brand new brand new kind of look of the face and some brand new I'm gonna use the word chompers, gnashers. <laughs> gnashers. Chompers, gnashers. I, I mean they could just be someone else's dentures. <laughs> she's just slipped into her mouth um yeah she's she has had a, a freshen up and like it isn't isn't it a horror that's like oh you're looking you're looking like you've had some work done this <laughs> is like okay we'll get into it and i like this instead of a horror being like oh you look fresh as a joke she's just like you look like you've had work done <laughs> <laughs> so plain <laughs> next up in comes taste, taste oh. as ever Tase's boy look, it, the day look, he knows what he's, knows what he's doing. Oh. Comes, comes in dressed like, what even would you call that? It was like a, a sort of high concept red catsuit. Cats, yeah. With like a lovely <laughs> glove arm thing. Oh, it was just wonderful. Lawrence, Lawrence said that he looked like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Does a bit. <laughs> but I have to say, Tase is like, it just even even the way they were they were all kind of coming back in and being like hey yo like so excited taste came in and the energy shifted like up twenty thousand gears like she, she just came in and she was just like ah yeah yeah let's do let's do it uh, like really like I don't know she just has like a real vigor that really like I was like Whoa! I got like a real lift when I saw her um, 
So she talks about how they have a conversation about how that basically taste and a horror have moved in with each other. Was that covered on the, the lockdown episode? Mm, it was, it was, um, they move in together. The only thing I can remember about that is there is a sequence in the lockdown episode where, uh, taste, the, the, everyone does like a cooking from home bit and taste makes, um, a pot noodle sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that is disgusting and i would like to try it what do they call pot noodles here cup of noodles cup yeah cup of noodle so yeah it 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 looked disgusting but also looked really good really cozy yeah, pot, and noodles, gooey and- pot noodles are delicious and i like, i don't want to get into a pot noodle rant here for any any uk listeners but there's nothing that annoys me more than when someone would say that pot noodles taste disgusting now, I understand they are disgusting, and I will absolutely accept that. They are disgusting, but they do not taste disgusting. They taste fucking delicious. And I just, it's, sorry, I just had to get that out there. It's like the same people that say that McDonald's tastes disgusting. It's like, no, 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 it doesn't. It tastes great. It's been genetically engineered to taste great. If you don't like it, that's completely fine, but don't lie and say you don't like the taste of it. It's like everyone likes food, it. The food is disgusting, but it doesn't taste disgusting. The effect yeah. it has on your body is disgusting, but it doesn't taste disgusting. Exactly. You're lying. Anyway, yeah. end of my rant about pot noodles and McDonald's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who trots oh, it next? Well, Lawrence, what happens next, babes? Tell me. Lawrence gets all, gets all disgusting and uh, starts making sex jokes about a horror and taste. And actually, that's the Spider-Man comment. He's like, oh, taste is dressed like Spider-Man. And then says, you've been shooting your webs all over a horror during a lockdown. And I was like... Oh, that's a little, even, even for me and even for this show, that was a little visceral, that image. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of clutching my pearls a little bit when, when he said that. There was a nice moment in the lockdown episode where Lawrence, when they returned to set, Lawrence is chatting away like to anyone and everything because he's like, I've basically had no one to talk to for seven months. Now I just want to say everything to anyone. <laughs> oh, I hear that. I feel that. Um, so next up, I'm back. My girl Tia Coffee's back. And uh, she kind of trots in in a lovely little kind of overall kind of dungaree situation. And then <laughs> she really made me laugh the way that she was like, she's like, oh, I'm looking around the room and uh, I'm not recognizing anyone. Everyone's looking a little different. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I kept my hair exactly the same for continuity. And I was just like, you fucking bitch. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> now, at this point, I, I was thinking, right, Tia, I hope you love you. Hope you've been back in Clapham and I hope you've been working on everything. I hope you come back with a new vigor because I really felt that like she, of everyone, she needed to step it up. Mm-hmm. But then, yes, but we'll get into, when we get to the run, when we get to the critiques, then we can talk about how unrealistic some of those expectations are due to money. But anyway, let's, uh, okay. but you know what? Where's no Ronnie, Ronnie G? Where's no Ronnie? Ronnie? No Ronnie. No Ronnie. So, Rue enters the workroom in a yellow, like this acid yellow wig. What was that about? It was meant to be like a dig at Ginny. Oh. It was like Ginny's like presence in the, like, it was like a reference. Was it was, it seemed mean spirited to me. I just, I didn't even pick that up. Oh. Oh, well. Well, even Lawrence says that Lawrence is like, Ginny's had a glow up. And then they play that, you know, that sound effect that I can't quite put my finger on what it is. You know, it's like almost like a wooden glockenspiel noise that kind of goes. Durr! It's like a, <laughs> it's like every time, basically they play it every single time Tia or Lawrence says a joke in their interview. That he's like, oh, Ginny's had a glow up. Brr! 
you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. I need I need you to get me a grams list. I need you just it's to like, like a, get all those get all those sound like effects wooden, for me. It's like a wooden rattle. It's like it's like oh, oh oh like a snake like a like a rattlesnake noise. Yes, that no one? no no. It's not the it's not the it's not the shade rattle. It's like a the shade oh, rattle. <laughs> that's that's what they call it. No, it, it, I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but it's like the I've just made a really funny joke noise, and then it's like a brrr, but it's wooden sounding. Oh, that's really frustrating. Oh well. Anywho, so Rue comes in wearing that yellow wig, which is open to interpretation. Um, now at this point, Rue reveals that Ronnie G tested positive for COVID and won't be joining for the rest of the season, but will be invited back for the next series. Yeah. So, which I, th- yeah. I think that's really sweet. That's a nice, that's a nice touch. Cause that has, again, I think I was mentioning to you that there was someone who, got injured before and got to come back for the next season in America, which was great. So I like that they've done that for, for Ronnie G. That's nice. I, I guess it's also like, um, uh, our girl from last week on season 13, who, um, oh my God, who, who got booted off last week and she was meant to be in season 12, but then she unfortunately got cancer, recovered and came back for oh, season 13. Yeah. Tamisha Roman. Tamisha, anywho, right oh. back to the UK. So Rue brings out the Brit crew, but you know what? I don't recognize the Brit crew because they're in furry animal outfits. I knew something was afoot here. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So they um they take the they kind of take the the furry heads off of them, and it's Joe Black, Chera Valentine, and Astina Mandela sporting a very attractive beard on Astina. Very yeah. into it. So mm-hmm. at this point, obviously, because Ronnie G is, um, you know, at home unwell, um, although we can reveal that Ronnie G has recovered and is doing very well now, which is wonderful, but there is a spare space in the competition. So they have to vote um, for one of these three girls to come back. And at this point, Rue also says that Ginny Lemon's taken herself out of the comfort, uh, you know, the com- competition, so she's not part of it. Um, oh, it, Brie, producer Brie wrote here rumors that she told Rue to fuck off. Interesting. <laughs> but I, but here's the thing, a Ginny Lemon fuck off would be like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. It's not like yeah. fuck off. It's a different kind of fuck off, just to explain. Absolutely. No, absolutely. There's, there's many different shades and tones to a fuck off, and a Ginny Lemon fuck off is very different. So, so the eliminated queens will they all plead their case? Who would you have voted for here? It, I would have voted for Joe as well. Yeah, I agree. It's that classic thing of she is very seasoned. She's very good. We didn't see enough of her. Um, I do want to shout out the fact that Cherry Valentine really pulled on the heartstrings and was like, "So basically, for the past seven months, I've been saving lives." Because um, yeah. I'm a, a COVID nurse. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a strong that was a strong argument. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Joe Black is back. Yeah, and then the very strange moment where Cherry and Estina got a two night stay in a hotel in London. <laughs> yeah, a hotel. <laughs> also, like a hotel. I made a not when that happened. I went, oh, and uh, Jesse, who I was watching with, um, said, oh, do you know that hotel? And I'm like, no, I've never heard of it. <laughs> absolutely not and then i was also like a hotel's even open what's happening i know is that actually do they have to like, quarantine yeah it's actually like, quarantine <laughs> you have won two nights of quarantine legally you have to do that before leaving the competition <laughs> we're gonna be locking you in this hotel room <laughs> 
So then Rue announces the um, the maxi challenge. So there's going to be no mini challenge for this uh, this episode because there's a lot of business that we had to get through. So yeah. Rue says that basically in difficult times, music has always kept the kingdom united. And in the maxi challenge, the queens are going to be competing in the first ever Ruru Vision song contest, which is obviously a take on Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about producer, Eurovision for a second? Well, producer Bree has written here, what exactly is Eurovision? Okay, I'm going to just do my understanding of it. Every year, there is a big competition in Europe. I'm using that term very loosely, Europe. And every country enters a song, a performance. So say, for example, last year, um Austria won. So Austria then hosts the next year. So everyone a song, uh, an act, music act from each country goes to Austria and in a big live show they perform. Then all the countries vote um, <laughs> for their favorites and it gets very political and very strange. And it's always, it's always live and always a bit of a mess and yep. things go wrong. Um, and the classic thing is you don't want to get nil point, which is no points because <laughs> each country can assign up to like, I don't know, 20 points. 12. 12 oh 12 yeah 12 and basically and basically the the classic thing of eurovision is that the songs have to be original songs and the in the more slightly uh less heard of european countries perhaps the acts are always slightly strange it's very cheesy it's very like tacky and you know you'll get lots of songs sung in like native languages and there's really strange concepts and it's a very kind of like gay it's very gay but also some incredibly like homophobic countries also enter some very like gay like act. It's all very strange, but it's, it's very, it's pretty really fun. It's very European. Yeah. It's what it is. Yeah. It, you don't quite know what year it is. You don't quite know what sexuality it is. It's just a bit all over the place. And in the past, just to give like, I would say maybe a classic Eurovision entries, ABBA en- entered one year. So it, that's the kind of the classic tone big shiny pop with like a fun costume and dance move um also in in it's been quite progressive remember when dana international won oh yes exactly a first like a first uh trans contestant is that right and that was like i think i think she was i think she was trans and that was like 2001 maybe yeah um so yeah it's oh and just to point out that unlike unlike in the episode of, of Drag Race UK, they don't sing the same song. <laughs> Everyone comes in with their own original song. This was just a uh, this exactly. was for the purposes of this of this show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I would say so, um, that it was just real quick. I would watch it. My tradition was me and my mum would watch it together every year. We would like it was like our special kind of mother and gay son activity that we'd be like, oh, we're gonna get together and watch Eurovision, and we'd sit there and have a cup of tea and like laugh at all the acts. Oh, that's nice. I mean, obviously, the most important year was the year Gina G entered. Oh, also, Australia <laughs> enters as well, even though, oh my god, this is complicated now. Gina G entered for the UK, but she's Australian, but she was representing the UK. But Australia also get to enter now, even though they're not in Europe. It's, <laughs> it's, it's confusing. The main, the main takeaway is that any American listeners need to listen to the song, Ooh, Ah, Just a Little Bit by Gina G and to understand basically everything about mine and Ben's childhoods. <laughs> <laughs> In one song. <laughs> okay, so what they have to do is they're both going to be singing, the two groups are going to be singing the same song. It's called UK Hun, which is a take on the phrase, you okay, hun? You okay, hun? You okay, hun? You all right, hun? Which is just a very 
kind of UK phrase that you might text to someone or write in someone's Facebook wall. It's smart. I like that. Yeah. And they're going to be, they basically have to record the song, make, put together like a group look, do group choreography and then perform it on the main stage. So Lawrence as the winner of last week is a team captain. And then Joe Black as a returning person gets to also be a team captain. So they each choose their teams and Joe picks Tia, Sister, Sister and Ellie. And Lawrence chooses Bimini, Taste and Ahura. Yeah. And then <laughs> a very good note here that I forgot was because Ahura got picked last. Taste described her having a, a face like a donkey's minge. <laughs> minge like is a, a, I can't, I can't, I'm trying to do the accent when it wails. Face like a donkey's No, I've gone, I've gone no, Georgie. Yeah, no, it's whales. So you've got to say, Wait. so you say, you go, oh no, Ahura had a face like a donkey's minge. That was really good. That was really good. Okay, so a donkey's minge is a donkey's vagina. Yeah, minge minge is a word for vagina, but it's also I would say in the words for like harshness to softness for words for genitalia, minge is very much on the soft end of the of the wording, don't you think? Sure. Sure. Like it's less aggressive than some of the other words. Yeah. Yeah, minge. Yeah, it's a bit more it's a bit cozier. Yeah, like I think I think dick and minge are at the, the lighter end, whereas, like, I don't like the C word. I don't like uh, the, and by the C word, I meant cock. <laughs> anyway, look, whatever. <laughs> this is not a, a path that we need to be going down. I don't know. I even know why I brought it up. Okay, so we've got these two teams here. Now, I was worried because Joe hasn't been around since episode one. So yeah. he doesn't really know what everyone's like. And also, I just think Joe in general is in his own world. He doesn't really... He's in his own world doing his own thing. So he doesn't actually really, I don't know, relate to anyone else or see anyone. I don't know. He's just, he's his own thing. So he, I think his group choices weren't the best. No, I think they could have, I think, well, what we got in the end was a, is something quite amazing and something bad. So it was nice to get the amazing thing, but it, I definitely think it could have been done with a, uh, we could have done with the teams being sprinkled around a little more evenly. Yeah. Um, and they decide to call their team Banana Drama, which is obviously a take on the group Banana Rama. Now, oh. are Banana Rama a thing in the US? I think I think gays know who Banana Rama are. <laughs> That's really hard to say. Uh, Banana Rama they they do um, the I'm your Venus, I'm your I'm fire, your desire, so, yeah, right? Yeah. They do. So I always get, I get them confused with um that other with uh is it is it Mel Mel and Kim that do take 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 or leave it baby yeah they're very UK Mel and Kim but maybe Banana Rama were a bit more universal and international anyway the queens are talking about in Joe's group they're talking about what their look is going to be and they all decide they've got they've all got pink like pink outfits um. And then, well, they've got pink and purple, don't they? Yeah. Um, and they all managed to, to, to think, well, we're going to look, we're going to look okay together. I mean, instantly I was concerned because Joe's look is again in his own Very world. Very specific. Yeah. Very specific. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, Joe, and then Joe says, Joe says, well, I've got a pink dress, but it's a little basic. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Thunder and lightning crashing. H&M stores burning to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> RuPaul's as large as Godzilla, <laughs> just screaming and breathing fire, and cut back to the workroom. 
<laughs> so we're now looking at the other group, uh, Lawrence Cheney's group. Um, now there was a bit of misdirection going on here, I would say, because mm. Lawrence is saying he's not a good singer. He's not a good dancer. He's, he's concerned, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. And then Hora comes up with the name for their group, the United King Dolls, which is honestly a really, a really smart and excellent name for a group. It's just, it's perfect, actually. Particularly because Rue later says, oh, UKD. And they're like, they're like, they clearly hadn't thought about that. But they're like, yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, um, so, I think, and yeah, there's more of a misdirect where Tia's like, oh, that group is so like not matched properly. Like what's Lawrence going to do? Like when they were wearing bikinis and dancing, like, and it's kind of like, there was definitely, there was quite a lot of misdirects actually. I feel like Sister Sister did the most misdirect interview bites of this where she's just like, we're brilliant. We've got it. We're going to win. <laughs> yeah. Just gnashing away on her new teeth. Just, you know, <laughs> spouting out words. <laughs> Those choppers. <laughs> Ganashers. <laughs> right. So then Rue pops in and does a visit with them. Although this was interesting because he doesn't talk to everyone. Do you notice that? Yeah. Well, I think, I think they, they this was, the, that was an edit issue. I think that was like a timing thing. I reckon. Like, I think she, I think he, he always speaks to everyone, but this, this was like, they had so much at, at the top of this episode that they kind of had to like whiz through it a little bit. Right. Yeah. So at this point, um, Rue asks Tia, are you upset about Ronnie G not being there? Tia says she's okay. But wait, when, what did she say? She had seven months to what? To zhuzh herself. Was that zhuzh what she said? Up, yes. Zhuzh herself <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh yeah. And then they're, they're asking about the other group and Ellie's like, oh, well, me and Tia can sing and dance. And, you know, Joe sings incredibly. And sister, sister's got new teeth. That, that was, was so funny. Really? That was so funny. It was really good. She really read her. And then was it Joe says, if all else fails, we can take them out and play them like maracas. Yeah. <laughs> in his, in his spooky, spooky ways. I know I really appreciated that. Yeah, and this is the point where Rue's like that he want he wants some of that UKD, and they're all like, yes, one hundred percent. We were going for that all along. <laughs> um, Ahura here, she's pretty nervous because she's saying she doesn't sing, but she sort of does spoken word, and um, but she can't sing, <laughs> she can't dance. Um, but yeah, she's she's got this, and she makes a joke about a designer bag. So it, this was a moment where it was like, uh oh, is a horror in trouble? Is she going to bring down the crowd? Um, <laughs> it's it's funny that she can't dance because in my head she's such a look queen. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, because I, like I think be a good movie. She was very like she's very sexy. She knows how to move. She just obviously can't. Maybe she's talking about doing choreography rather than just moving. Because I think she's a I think she's a great performer. I don't know. I've, I've gone so mad. I love Ahura so much that maybe I'm blind now. I'm blind. I've got my blinders on. Got, got your Ahura blinders on. Yeah. You've got your, na- your Nashers in and your blinders on. <laughs> got it. Okay, we're going to throw to a quick commercial break and then we will be back. And remember, at the end of the show, we are going to be speaking to Crystal from UK Season 1 to give us Ooh. the boots on the ground take and everything. We will see you after this. Bye. So we are back and we're going to go and do the recording with Mnek or MNEK as he's actually called or Mnek as I thought he was called for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Mnek is back. Now here's the thing with Mnek. He's a good <laughs> booking for this show because 
he well most recently had a hand in uh working on little mix's sweet melody a song that got to number one at the top of the year in the uk thank you very much um he has got some absolute bangers up his sleeves and he's part of the queer community he is he clearly loves drag so great solid booking it's not like you know sometimes when they bring in a choreographer and it's like oh and we've got choreographer bobby hollywood and you're like who who, who is that yeah um, and it's like it's like some guy who once went to a lady gaga show and was in the audience no m next m next legit m neck <laughs> sorry i don't know why that makes me laugh every time so they um the joe joe's group meet joe black again's group is up first and sister um sister didn't know how much i missed you she did very well in her verse again this is the kind of the misdirect definitely started happening here um and then ellie diamond was great she said she was living her pop star hannah montana fantasy i was like oh i'm old uh, is what i thought in that moment <laughs> <laughs> and then basically we had a classic drag race recording session moment with meet Joe black again, where basically he couldn't get the line Glenn close, but no cigar cigar. Yes. So he kept on saying, he kept saying cigar and, and Mnet was like, can you just say cigar? Just say it quickly. Like Glenn close, but no cigar or cigar. <laughs> Wait, is it hard? Wait a minute. Glenn close. Cigar. But no. Yeah, he's going, cigar. And he just, yeah. He got, he got the shade rattle, didn't he? He, he, he definitely got the shade rattle. I, again, I, I can't, I really can't describe to you the, the actual noise I'm trying to get. <laughs> Very annoying. Someone, I need to, I actually tried to find it last time we recorded because I wanted to play it as a joke and I realized I didn't know how to Google what instrument it was. I was looking at wooden glockenspiel videos and it was just people beautifully playing like a glockenspiel. I was like, no, this isn't what I mean. I think you've got time on your hands just to rewatch an episode and just manually record it and play it back to us. Okay? Fine. That's, that's actually a really good idea. Okay, fine. I'll do that. And, um, oh yeah, producer Bree points out, uh, this was very similar to Kamora Hall's, uh, I was rooting for us, uh, Tyra Banks fuck up from season 13. Oh yes. Where she was <laughs> I was rooting really for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was rooting for you. I was rooting for you. Yeah. I was rooting for you. <laughs> it's like my dad can't say orange juice. The drink, orange juice. He always says orange juice. And I'm like, no, dad, dad, chill out. Just, just chill. Orange juice. Yes, my guy. Orange juice. Orange juice. Like, Whoa. Really, really pushing on the juice part of it. That's. <laughs> Um, so at this point, Tia Coffee, she impresses Mnek, doesn't she? Cause she mm. does, she really goes for it with the lyrics. Yeah, she's, she's, she even announces, she's like, I've already impressed with my singing, so I'm gonna show them my rapping. And she's great. Yeah, she is good. She's, you're doing well in this episode, babes, up until this point. You're doing okay. You're doing okay. Um, then we had Ahora. Well, this is the second group, isn't it? We mm. had, um, Ahora. What's she doing? Some sexy rapping and a whining voice. Oh yeah. It, it's, this was clever. Ahora was clearly like, do you know what? I'm just going to absolutely do my own thing. And she did. And she sounded completely different to everyone else. I mean, ad- admittedly, as soon as she does it, doesn't Mnex say, well, we're going to do to do something else completely different just so we've got some other options <laughs> yeah. um, but, but it's for horror it's, it's way better than just being timid because actually weirdly enough uh bimini she tries to sing <laughs> to start with and is really like 
<laughs> and then Mnek is like, just do it how you do it. And then she's like, <laughs> she, does her, she like falls into her like Fagan, <laughs> Fagan voice. And then basically is way better. Cause it's like nothing but personality. And then who else do we have here? We had Taze. How did Taze get on? I can't even remember. She was great. Like literally like firing on all fucking cylinders. Like she was for this entire, this entire episode. I just remember her walking up. To, she walked up to the mic and she's just like, she's like, all right. All right, we'll do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. I'm great. She was just like fully just on and switched on from, from the beginning. She was she was fantastic. And then basically then, their, their clunker is – no, sorry. I was just going to say their clunker of the group is Lawrence Cheney. I know. And, yeah. Sorry, you go. I'm, I, you know I've got a lot to say about my hometown girl. Well, it's just, it's just that, you know, this is definitely some – some shady editing because i don't feel like she was she basically says oh like i'm a bit nervous and like fucks up maybe twice and they kind of i feel like we watched it on a loop maybe 50 times and there was like a hundred reaction shots and interviews of like a horror being like oh yikes it's like mm, i'm not sure it really was as bad as everyone's saying it is because th- it just wasn't good for lawrence because lawrence is so good at everything so when he then stepped up to the mic and and he was like um the girl from dundee you know me yeah, you've got to put on a show. Let's go, go, go. You're like, wait, what? Lawrence, <laughs> where is all like your passion and vigor and humor? How, how yeah. you, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a strange one. Yeah, it was weird. It was definitely odd, but she pulled it out. <laughs> you know what we're going to need to do now? We're going to need to get some moves to go with those lyrics, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> So we have a banana drama up first. And basically, speaking of kaka 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 Ellie, Ellie Diamond and Tia are kind of taking the, the reins on this one. Or Ellie's really taking the reins. She's basically saying how she really wants the, the choreography to be really like strong. But then they end up kind of, as she says it, they end up simplifying the choreo for the nanas, aka Joe Black and sister. It's like, yeah. how old is, isn't Joe Black 30? <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't remember being shocked that she was 30 and that that Nana age. I was like, wow, I'm a fucking great grandma at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to give a real shout out to uh, Tia's gorgeous hot pink boots here. Mm. Remember well, those? Did you see, did you see the, um, I saw the alternative look that she did. She put it on Instagram, I think, of what she was going to wear in the challenge and ended up changing into that kind of slightly odd 60s dress. But it was basically, a, it was like a Leanne from Little Mix kind of um, tribute with those long pink boots, like short uh, denim, like kind of booty shorts and like long braids. She looked really good. Oh, I, I no. kind of wish she'd just done that. I know. So yeah, so this group, they're struggling because as you said, we've got Ellie and Tia who are dancers and going for it. Then you've got the other two who are just sister, sister in general. Her vibe is just, she's a bit of a slog. Like everything's just a bit tough with her, isn't it? You know, <laughs> everything's just a bit like, oh, okay. And then you've got meet Joe Black who's just in her absolute own world. No matter what you gave to her, she's just... Yeah, she's just doing her own thing. So their choreography, it's here, it looks very much, I don't know if you know this, Fraser, I'm actually a dancer. I do know that because I'm also a dancer. Oh, we're both dancers <laughs> together. Um, but the choreography here is just very like marking the odd move and throwing out, not even throwing out the odd arm, just like lifting an arm in unison. It's, it's like, it's like if someone made the Macarena even easier. Yeah, it was, yeah, not great. 
<laughs> things were this is when things were really starting to look dire for the uh for the banana dramas <laughs> but sometimes but sometimes in the show we have these moments and the you know the choreography looks a bit bad and they're there aren't they're not all kind of giving it that much and then they clearly go off stage and go to time for it and then they come back on later and you're like oh my god they killed yeah it. that's that's true that's true but the, yeah not the case this time <laughs> and then the um the ukd they were doing their their rehearsals their rehearsal was pretty pretty like solid like that the whole the whole kind of drama point they were trying to get out from their rehearsal is that lawrence isn't as good as the rest of them because the rest of them were great and it just they just basically kept showing lawrence not being able to walk out in front of them (laughs) yeah but interesting the walk they did on the way out is a scottish move that is it's a paddy bar is what they were doing which is like a when you grow up in scotland you learn uh, all your old school traditional scottish country dances you learn them in school like every it's part of the curriculum everyone has to learn them so when you go to like a dance or a ball or a wedding everyone performs these dances together and you all know them so there's a move called a paddy bar and that was the move they're doing as they're coming out of the of the door and i was like oh well they've clearly done this for lawrence or he suggested it so it's something that he can do um and in the end he does he does do it in the main show yeah and as as he points out he's worried that he's going to look like a super fan that's been allowed to have his picture taken with a girl group (laughs) (laughs) it's very funny (laughs) oh lord i was you know at this point in the episode i was worried about lawrence because Everyone is reacting, and we're starting to see it more and more throughout this episode. Everyone has reacted to uh, lockdown differently. And later on, he does say that he comfort ate, and he's put on a lot. He said he's put on a lot of weight. So I was like, oh, fuck. Has Lawrence come back? The weight's not an issue. That does not matter. But has Lawrence come back weakened by lockdown? And right. Is he, has he lost some of his powers? Whereas have some of the others you know, kind of gone in a more of an upward trajectory. So I was concerned here. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I was getting that slight like, oh, uh-oh, this isn't great. But um, we're back in the workroom for Elimination Day. And this is where Lawrence and Bimini have a sit down and kind of just talk about it. And they talk about lockdown, that, that what was the most difficult part for them. And Bimini, you know, says, well, for me, it was job security. And then they kind of talk about how, how kind of jarring it was to find out that they're their work was one of the most kind of disposable, you know, easy to just stop doing work. And it's it's tough. It's really stressful. Yeah. There was that period last year in the middle of the summer where the UK was very much what England was, London was very much open again. Yeah. So there were lots of like drag brunches and drag shows and outdoor things. So it kind of all came back, but then the winter came Mm. and so did a surge. So yeah, difficult. And then, as Lawrence said, in Scotland, my girl Nicola Sturgeon, First Minister, uh, no, there were no live performances at all. Yeah. So, oof. Tough. And then they finish off their little segment with a great little back and forth where Bimini's like, you just got to have PMA, babes. And Lawrence is like, what's, what's PMA? Positive mental attitude. And Lawrence just goes, get fucked. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. Doesn't he say like, doesn't he say, oh, it's PMA? He's like, get, doesn't he say get to fuck? Get to fuck. <laughs> get to fuck, which is a classic Scottish phrase. What, like, when someone says to you, oh, can you help me with the shopping? And you're like, oh, get to fuck. <laughs> um, also, some other, I just made some notes of some other wonderful Lawrence moments. Um, when the two of them are chatting, he says to Bimini um, about rehearsing earlier and being in the girl group together, he said, I really enjoyed working with you, Hen. 
I really yeah. enjoyed I really enjoyed working with you hen h e n so in Scotland you might refer to a woman colloquially as a hen all right hen how you doing get to fuck and he also mentions uh, at one point during lockdown uh, or, or or reflecting in lockdown he spent 7 months doing hee haw hee haw hee haw do you not know that no i've never heard hee haw hee haw means basically hee haw means fuck all <laughs> oh, you've been doing you haven't been pulling your weight you've been doing you've been doing hee haw i'm gonna start using that with you I'm gonna start throwing that in <laughs> um right before we get to the main stage reminder to our listeners out there oh no we've got a bit more chat haven't we haven't we between a horror we've got taste what else was going on in this chat oh this, this is just them talking about it's a horror and taste just having a little side chat. And they're basically saying like, no one wants to be the first to go home again. Cause it almost feels like they've started right from the beginning again. And, um, but taste is like, taste is like, well, look, I've revamped everything. I've, I've taste is one of the ones that's really like gone for it to come back again this time. Yeah. And basically taste says to Aura, <laughs> taste is like, look, one of us has got to have that, you know, the winning, the crown in our house together. One of us has got to bring it home. And then Bimini just goes, I'll bring it over. I love that. <laughs> I feel like Bimini's been working hard in that lockdown. I feel like Bimini's got some vigor to her. In fact, on the lockdown episode, she said that she bought like a 12 pound as in like, the currency pound, a 12 pound <laughs> chair. And in her back garden, she started to learn how to do the splits in the back of the chair upside down. So, and then she shows a lot of the performances she did during brunches and stuff in London. And she says something along the lines of, I think, I think it's unfair that we do, you know, uh, a brunch, a boozy br- drag brunch and you, you feed everyone Prosecco, then they can't, they've drunk so much Prosecco, they can't stand up to what when it gets going. Oh, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw that. I, I saw that clip. She's, yeah, she's, she's like, well, give them loads of Prosecco and then they all go fucking mental when you put WAP on and you can't fucking control them. Yeah, because I think the thing is a lot of these performances, even though they were allowed, you had to like, in fact, Crystal, who we hear from later in the show, um, her club night, you would have to get a table and you'd you'd like pay for your seat and you'd sit down, but you're not allowed to stand up and dance. I think that was a thing. And you're not allowed yeah. to sing. No movement. Allowed, no movement. No movement or sound. Just you quietly sipping Prosecco. <laughs> um. So yeah, I gave a shout out to it later on the show. We will be speaking to Crystal from Drag Race UK season one, who'll give us some more goss. If we are on the main stage, my finger is on that little soundboard. I'm pushing up that button, babes. What are you working? The lights? <laughs> yeah, just moving around, <laughs> just cranking a light around, you know, Rue's spotlight. And then Rue comes out resplendent, dun, 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 dun. resplendent in a, um, kind of a, a short mini, like pink kind of floofy, creation it kind of looked like velour but also like it looked great whatever it was yeah that is that is a um a color palette that i'm very excited for and i just love and adore and uh 100 there for it she yeah. also looked as if she was about 17 years old <laughs> yes just yeah sprinkled with like magic dust to look like a child like a teenager yeah, yeah. oh my gosh uh, she looks so good then meanwhile on the panel we need to just give a shout out to um michelle who looks like oh, she's in the hunger games i loved michelle's like kind of armor yeah she looked like she was in game of thrones or like yeah the hunger Games. she looked great i just i'm loving michelle's look on both uk and season 13 right now i think she's just hit like a an insane peak of of looking fantastic 
Yeah, she's she's absolutely on one, isn't she? Um, who else have we got on the panel, babes? We got a Graham Norton in there. We've got Graham Graham Norton, as uh, um, Americans call him, G R A M Graham. <laughs> Graham, it's our Graham. So yeah, a Graham <laughs> Graham Norton is in a uh, yeah sparkly kind of black suit, and Emnek has gone all out, got some little little top knots, yellow outfit. With then is is, is Emnek wearing like a kind of sparkle? Like a sparkled glove that goes all the way up to the shoulder, or is it like a sparkly top that is also with gloves attached? Wait, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like a gold. Check. It's like I'm a gold kind of sleeve. I couldn't work out where it started and where it stopped. Oh yes. Oh, I don't know. Kind of like a real kind of oil slick type look going yeah, on there in a body I like suit. it. Yeah, Mnex, Mnex having fun. Love that pop of yellow in the set. You know, it really, really shows up well, doesn't it? Good job, Emnek. And also, props department have been busy because we've got the the health and safety um, plexiglass out, haven't we? Yep. We're finally in the the COVID of it all now. Anyway, should we get into the performances? We should. Who's up first, babes? Bing, bang, bong, sing, sang, song, ding, dang, dong. UK Han. <laughs> That's my favorite bit. So basically, first group is uh, the U- United Kingdoms, UKD. So, oh my God, I loved everyone's look in this group was fantastic. Yeah. So Ahura is in that like kind of squiggly, squiggly cat suit with like a pink hair. Uh, Bimini looks fucking fantastic in a pink cowboy hat, pink bikini, and like a her skirt, which is just constantly just ruching up so that she can like squat down and, and get low. I don't even know how to describe what Lawrence is wearing. She's wearing like a, like a high-waisted skirt and like a long pink top with the kind of the gender symbols on each tit. Yeah, it's 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 almost the the hair and the makeup's almost anime. It's like moving into that world, but not quite there yet. Yeah. I think one thing in general with all their looks is quite fun is that it's very they they've really nailed these looks because yeah. they all look completely different. They all look like themselves but it weirdly all works together because you've yeah. got pinks going on, you've got blacks going on and you've kind of got a kind of orangey, orangey pink as well yeah. going on as and well. Taste looks incredible. Oh yeah. Taste is all, all like gorgeous black outfit with sparkles and lace and then bright pink hair. She's all like long and long and lean, isn't she? She's all gams and arms and long leanness. She's very like, <laughs> she's very enticing, enticing to look at. Oh, <laughs> thanks everyone. Good night. <laughs> so yeah, they, they do their performance and it's like, I think that the fun thing they have is they have that bit of kind of choreo um, on the, the bing bang bong where they all turn to the side and lean over and like spank each other's bums or, or thighs along to the, the sing sang song bit. And they repeat that enough times that it feels like a fun, like you're kind of waiting for it to happen and it's, it's like super fun. But then they get, they, they have the like the key change and they kind of break out of the choreo and they're all just kind of like doing their own thing, which was really fun. And then I just have to talk about the ending of this. Sorry, just to talk about this completely and not let you say anything, but I'm just so excited that basically it finishes. They're all in a line and they kind of do that thing where they're all like in a line and they do like, they all go to the side and like split off and it ends. And Bimini is standing on top of a, a top of a stool, which she jumps off into a split. And then it just finishes. You just hear her go, somebody do a death drop <laughs> and then a horror just does a death drop oh it was so good they're just i think they're all having so much fun yeah. and they managed to do that the knack of performing as a group but also not 
they're very giving. Like I was just watching again, there's one bit where Tace is performing and um Lawrence is sort of like pointing at her in a sort of an in, in an approving way, as if to say, look at my girl over here. Like they're all really like giving each other moments and times to shine and yeah, it was just good. And Lawrence Lawrence does well. Yeah. And did you notice I really liked how in the in the mix of the song they really had like you could, like it sounded like people singing, but you just kept hearing Bimini be like Bing Bang Bong Ding Bang Dong. They kept like her like her Fagan voice in there, like you could hear it really, really clearly. It really made me laugh. She was great. She might have been my favorite. Yeah, no, they all they all did a great job. It's interesting that um, the Ahura Tace relationship there, like the 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 kind of flatmate friendship that they yeah. built, that really sort of played into that whole ending with the splits and the death drop, didn't it? Yeah, it was just oh, it was so good. It was just they were they were fantastic. I just want to give a shout out as well. Producer Brie in our notes has put um, a couple of screenshots of the two performances. The, the screenshot of the first performance, like they've got some real kind of energy and vigor to them. And the second one, it's like a, it's like a group of rag dolls doing a really bad Macarena. Yeah, this was tough. Their, their looks didn't make any sense. Like no one's, they're not performing in the same group at all. Yeah, well, I guess which maybe is the critique at the end. Ellie and really just... Ellie and Tia could be in the same group, kind of. Yeah, because they've got a top, skirt, skirt, and like big hair. I don't know. I think, I think if Joe Black had done a short Gigi skirt like the others, and like a top with long, do you know what I mean? Yes, actually. Now, now that I've got the visual and I'm looking at it, if yeah, basically they actually the three of them are kind of matching the others just in their own it's like their own individual take on a a poofy skirt and a long sleeve top Uh, and then joe's out there in the dreaded dare i say it h&m dress oof god we're gonna get to that and their performance is just just really bad they they have that kind of fun thing that they do for the uk hun bit where they like they point at Joe and then they point at sister on the other end. And I liked that the first time. And then I was annoyed that they didn't swap out Ellie and Tia so that then they got to do a reaction to that bit. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, then everyone gets their own moment to be funny. And I thought that was a real missed opportunity that they didn't just swap around. Cause it's like, God, you can just swap, you know, swap around with one other person on stage and just make it more interesting. But yeah, or their choreography was just, ugh, it was just very bad. I also think, the issue here is personality wise ellie diamond she's got great looks great hair great costumes but she doesn't necessarily have the personality there to shine through she doesn't really have a character so Mm. whatever she does here it's not going to be super strong joe black has too much character (laughs) and is just doing her own thing tia's doing pretty well Sister is pushing herself, but I just, I think more and more that sister, sister, sister is quite weak. So mm. it just, well, she, I, she I just kind of, it's a bad group, unfortunately. She kind of says like, she's like, I pushed myself to the ultimate limits and it's kind of, yeah, you're right. It's like, yes, yeah, you did. And I'm, I'm afraid that might not be enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, should we get to the uh, day at the seaside runway? What was the last what was the last day at the seaside in the UK you had babes? Oh gosh, I think it was when I went to uh Gay Pride in oh, Gay Pride. That's like the most outdated way to describe it. Pride in Brighton um to see Britney Spears and I think that was the last time I was at the seaside maybe. Yeah. 
but I'm actually from, I am from the seaside. I am from a seaside town in the UK, which gets name checked in this episode. Oh, all right. Chill out. Born, born in a seaside town. Very tacky and strange. But I felt very at home with this theme. <laughs> so first up was well, Bimini. What? Wait, what's up? What's up, babes? No, I, I said well, because oh, okay. Bimini was the one that referenced my hometown. What did she say? She says she basically, Bimini comes out and she's in this, uh, in this kind of light blue, uh, kind of lace, lace number, which is quite a bold choice for a day at the beach. And, um, but she's got a lace parasol and like a kind of like, she's wearing like a swimming cap. Yeah, she is. And she, yeah. And she basically says, she's like, I'm ready for a day at the beach at Great Yarmouth. And I was like, whoa, that's literally where I was born. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I'm not expecting to hear Great Yarmouth, the town on Drag Race. It's quite, it was quite a name check. I actually cheered when I was alone by myself. <laughs> I think, I think her look is referencing the whole Victorian time yes. of going to the seaside. Absolutely. It's, it was a, a gorgeous, um, a gorgeous take on it. She said she felt she's kind of doing like a fashion illustration kind of take on a day at the beach. I thought she looked amazing. She looked fantastic. I don't think she's ever, like, this is the most refined she's ever looked. And for me, I thought she has taken the time to step up her game and, and elevated things during lockdown. Absolutely. Yeah. Who, who is next? Sorry. We I had just like taste talk. next. Okay. I'm playing in the background, babes. Don't you worry. We've got taste next. So taste was really going for, like a fishing, a fishing net look. Um, it was a, a bodysuit with like a cape, all very gold and glittery. And then stuck throughout it were, um, seashells and starfish and just mm. lots of bits, like a gorgeous glitzy trawler's net. That was the kind of look. <laughs> I thought her, um, her makeup especially looked gorgeous yes. in this. I thought she looked like just beautiful. And actually I, I really liked this look. I thought it was like, just the right level of whimsy but also she stuck to her kind of aesthetic which is kind of very like sexy do you know i i would have wanted more bits stuck on like at the bottom of the cape i would want it completely full of shells and things like that it okay just, it was slightly like a, lacking like an ombre effect of shells from the bottom oh lovely referencing right. an ombre oh my god next a up horror. a horror this look fantastic so she comes out as a bag of chips <laughs> translation fries um so basically this is a very traditional seaside food is to get chips um to get a bag of chips like this at the beach so traditionally it was served in like a cone of newspaper um and there's a very specific you have the newspaper cone that wooden you get like the wooden fork to eat the chips that's very mm-hmm. very seasidey and the ketchup is a very seaside reference as well. You'd always have that. And I just have to say, I think we've talked about this before, but maybe on other podcasts, but where I'm from in Great Yarmouth, by the seaside, the the chips, like to get the chips covered in like salt and vinegar and ketchup, I'm literally like salivating at the thought of having that. Oh my God. Mm. It's just, oh, they're like piping hot. And they're always so hot and so delicious that you always like, you do that thing where you eat one, too quickly and you can feel it like burning your esophagus as it goes down (laughs) burning your throat because they're so thick that like the the heat in Mm. them is all the way through so you you might put it in your mouth and be like oh no i I think i can handle this but you don't realize that it's the same like piping hot temperature all the way through so you might down it in one and yeah just feel it going down the tube in your body like it's the Um, bottom of the cone and it's all it's all like vinegar like little like like the harder bits of the chips with all like soaked in vinegar oh 
My God. Oh. Really good, really good fish. I'm just going to throw in fish now. Really good fish and chips from the seaside. Oh. Like properly, properly good. Oh my God, phenomenal. I so, love, I love here her earrings because it's such a, a very polished, elevated look. But mm. then as you mentioned before, the earrings are those like wooden prongs you have yeah. to like eat your chips with. And she's got the, she's got the wooden, the wooden chip fork as a prop as well that she's holding. And on her head is a, a ketchup bottle being squeezed and the ketchup has splattered onto her head. And it's all bejeweled, bedazzled, like rhinestoned. She just looks, she looks gorgeous. I think it's insane that she managed to, she's dressed as a bag of chips, but she's got a cinched waist. <laughs> so you like see her shape and she's got her legs out. She, this was, I, I was like standing ovation for this look. Fantastic. So next up we had Lawrence Cheney. Lawrence has really taken the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the um what would you wait would you call that thing oh my god like a like rubber a, ring is what we rubber, call it in the uk a, a rubber ring yeah, i'm just trying to work out what we call it here like a safety uh, it's a life life preserver right no but i thought life preserver is the thing you wear not it's a life vest yeah yeah oh my god i don't know a rubber ring we would call it <laughs> so she's taken that and run with it she's wearing an orange one on her head and she's got a blonde wig that's got orange streaks in it she's got a, a latex orangey outfit um uh she's got a net top and then classic lawrence gets the comedy and as soon as she turns around it says all of on, on her on her arse it says no diving <laughs> i thought this was a really good look it's really um she her body looked amazing like i love the kind of the big bum that she had but like it was all she was all like nipped in and the latex i thought this was a really really solid look really good yeah good solid not the best but solid solid um i think i would have tried to if, if i was wearing i would have done a whole thing about like i was pretending to drown but right. something like that do you know what i mean yeah. or like or like if or or maybe i would have like asked you know shouted over to michelle and said michelle are you okay you're drowning you're doing okay she'd start acting then i'd whip out the, the preserver from my head and throw it to her you know what I mean? <laughs> right. right oh god who's next oh god <laughs> here's, i can hear those wings, those wings are flapping from a distance who's this here's my reaction to this as soon as she walked out i went oh so <laughs> ellie diamond is a seagull now technically this is a very clever look neck up I'm loving it. She's gone full on seagull prosthetics, feathers. Like it's really clever neck up, neck down. Mm. And I think one of the mentions that later, it is very costumey. Yeah. Um, although real shout out to the shoes. Yes, obviously. Yes. Michelle says that you, you put heels inside of, <laughs> inside of claw feet, which is quite amazing. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's, and cause she's also referencing, so she's a seagull, which is a classic um seaside creature that would like fly at you and steal your chips but um she's she's also referencing uh itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini which was that song and it the problem was is that the 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 body part of the look was very like it had that kind of plushy plushy um material that just looks like a costume so and it looks it looked like those animal costumes that they wore that the three girls returning queens wore at the beginning of the episode you know yeah it's just like it didn't look it didn't look enough like a unfortunately at this point which is again speaks about money and we can't really get into it just yet but unfortunately if you're going to do one of those costumes it has to be like broadway level now on drag race otherwise you just look like you're wearing a um like a yeah costume store outfit so it's tough but uh, yeah i I agree that that head up was was great talking of great 
I want you to introduce the next person in their look, please. Babes. Oh, poor Tia. Oh, so Tia Coffee comes out and she's basically a, um, an ice cream, as we would call it in the UK, Mr. Whippy, um, or a 99. And she's come out as that look. So this is tough because you can tell that she's taken a lot of time to, you know, like the cherry on her head is all bedazzled. You know, her wig and her makeup looks good. But the problem with this is it really is just a costume. And you can see that she's rhinestoned it, but it looks kind of sad. Yeah. It's almost very schlumpy dumpy as well around her torso area. Just not great. It doesn't work. And then Mnek is saying to Graham, to Graham, Mnek and Graham are chatting and saying, I didn't, wait, I didn't even know what that was. What is it? What? Oh, it's ice cream. Oh, I didn't get that. It's, yeah. and they're right. It's hard to get. Also, if you're going to do this look, the cherry looks good. However, that is not what we're doing here. I want a 99. Yeah. She should have, she should have had a flake coming out of her head. So like nine and ninety nine is like a a Mr. Whippy from a van ice cream and then a chocolate flake in the top. That would be called a ninety nine. Don't know why well, it's called that. No. What? What's that bit? No, no, no. We I think we've tried to look this up before about why it was called a ninety nine, because we thought it was ninety nine P and someone corrected us, remember? But I mm. again can't remember the, the history of it. But yeah, it's just basically in America it would be a soft serve cone. Yes. Um, and in the UK it, we call it a Mr. Whippy or ninety nine and a, a chocolate flake is basically a flake as a candy bar. <laughs> yeah. Because I think we didn't explain what a flake was. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. A, cho- a chocolate crumbly flake candy bar. All to yeah. say, uh, Tia Coffee is not doing that here, and it is disappointing. Yeah. And speaking of disappointing, Sister Sister trots around the corner in a unfortunate, almost direct yet not as fun version of the bag of chips look. Her diff- right. hers is different, and obviously. You know, as she says, later style differently, not at all. She does have a seagull on her head, which is uh, coming down for the chips, which again is very classic British seaside to have a seagull coming for your chips. Does happen, but yeah, this is tough because it's it's really hard to even describe the look because it's almost exactly the same as uh, as a horrors, but it's it's kind of floor length and not as flattering. It do- it doesn't yeah it doesn't have a good shape to it, does it? No, it it just is very yikes and look well i think let's 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 put a pin in that because we're going to discuss that when we get to the little backstage section okay and then final look we need to meet someone don't we i need i mean considering this that she was back and gone again i'm so glad she got to do this look because it was fucking fantastic so she's basically doing a like again this is very classic british seaside is that as joe black herself says a day at the beach is not all sunshine and like and rainbows. It's usually people battling like cold winds and trying to pretend they're having a good time because the UK is freezing. So she's doing like a kind of a wind illusion where everything that she's wearing is all blowing off into one direction. And she really acts it so perfectly. She really did look like she was battling the wind. It was really a, a great like costume and look and physical performance, I thought. Yeah, it's a high-end look. This reminds me of... Uh, when I was living in London, every summer I'd go with my friend and her family to North Wales, to the seaside, every year. And for like a long weekend or something. And every morning what we would do is we had to, what we would say is, earn your breakfast. So every morning you'd get up, you'd go down to the beach and you'd do a swim. No, no matter what, there's no, and there's no like wetsuits and stuff like that on. You're in there swimming and there's no, like, even if it's pouring with rain, if it's icy cold, you're swimming and you go, you do your swim, you come back, you put in your towel and then you all go back home and you have like a lovely breakfast together. It's like the nicest thing. 
<laughs> no, I hear you. Like we used to do that where when I was growing up, we'd go to the beach even when it was freezing and go in the sea just because it was there. <laughs> well, I will tell you, one summer it was hotter than Greece. Oh, no. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember that one summer? It was hotter oh, than God, Greece. That's such a UK thing. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, we've got hotter hotter temperatures than Greece. It's hotter than Ibiza. It's hotter than the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, tell you what, I think this is the this is the hottest day of the year. Hottest day of the year so far. <laughs> <laughs> the poor look, here's the thing in the UK. The weather, it's, it's chilly. So you gotta give them something. When it gets to like, I don't know, what you would say in the US is 70 degrees Fahrenheit, whatever that is in the UK, that's the hottest day of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's the end of the runway. And then we're going to get into critiques. Let's do the critiques, shall we? Okay. So we're on the main stage and we've had the performances. We've had the runway looks. We're going to get some critiques. So the winning group is announced and okay. Was clearly very obvious who the winning group was going to be because we didn't mention the judges' faces during Meet Joe Black's group, the girl group. <laughs> they were pissed. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of stone faces, especially compared to like the reaction shots they had during UKD. It was literally them being like, "Yeah, ah! like loving it," and then yeah, it was oof, a chilly reception. Yeah. <laughs> so the winning group, uh, United King Dolls, UKD, Lawrence, Tace, Ahura, and Bimini, they all receive a coveted Rupeter badge and they are safe. So that means all of Banana Drama are up for elimination. I love how clean that is. Yeah. You've got four safe, four up for elimination. I understand why. Let's do it. So let's get into the looks. Ellie Diamond, first of all, well, performances and looks. Michelle said, uh, Ellie looked beautiful in the challenge. Um, but always, she said, you need to always be the biggest you can be. Uh, and then on the runway, she said that Ellie Diamond's look was her favorite. I don't know what happened there. The seagull it's, look? <laughs> it's really odd. Um, <laughs> uh, our, our friend, uh, I think, yeah, our friend Teddy, he had a recording of, you know, when the judges are talking and they flash to them backstage, he had a recording of Ellie Diamond practicing her lip sync in the mirror dressed as a seagull. And he keeps sending the video to me and it makes me laugh every time I see it. It's really funny. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, I like, um, yeah, this is when Graham says, well, this is when Graham says, you know, I love the, I do love the seagull look, but next to the other girls, it looks like fancy dress and fancy dress is the UK translation for costume. So you would costume. never, in, in, the, in the US, you'd go to a costume party. In the UK, you'd go to a fancy dress party. I'm wearing my fanciest fancy dress. dress. <laughs> <laughs> And then Graham Graham, our Graham, also hated, uh, not also hated, but he hated uh, the colour top in the challenge, which he said was like, didn't he say it was like if a dog ate something and then threw it up, it was that <laughs> colour? He said, when you hear your dog making this noise, <laughs> <laughs> he's right. It was a horrible, it was a horrible coloured top. Um, Mnek said that uh, they were ready for the recording. Well, Ellie was ready for the recording challenge, but then paired back during the dancing. And then Rue said that Ellie looked like she was thinking about the steps. Uh, Rue loved the seagull outfit. Um, but Rue essentially said that Ellie sometimes looks like she's a deer in the headlights. Mm. Oof, now we're going to get into Tia's critiques. This is when things start to really take a a dark turn. So basically Michelle's like saying that actually she loved her lyrics and 
she said that she did, you know, fantastic delivery. She said there was a nod to Monique Hart in there, which I didn't understand because I didn't get the Monique Hart reference. So that one was lost on me. Um, and then basically, you know, she just is like, she basically quite rightly says that she's frustrated with her runway look because it just doesn't show off anything to do with her body and as she says she's limits limits herself which is true it's so annoying because again you've had seven months and it's like you've got you've had seven months to turn yourself into a super uh, not a superstar but a well super a supermodel i guess because you've got you've got it in you imagine a really endearing funny down-to-earth supermodel like someone who could turn in the blink of an eye from being really goofy to being completely like I hate using the word fierce, but completely fierce as they start to yeah. go on the runway. Tia's got that in her. She does. I, there's still hope. There's still hope. I, I, I do believe in her. And um, Graham, Graham <laughs> says that, you know, she's fun to watch. Um, but yeah, quite rightly says that they didn't feel like a group. They just felt like just four people standing on the stage, which is totally true. And um, yeah, basically they just, uh, this is, Mnek kind of says the same thing, like, yeah, you know, you really do stand out in the performance, but this, you know, I didn't get that it was an ice cream cone. Then describes the look as mad local. <laughs> break, that, break that down for us, please, babes. Uh, just, I don't really know how to. Just incredibly regional was another word that gets used. Um, and just saying, yeah, local is, well, they have that the term local here. That's what Lady Gaga said that time, right? Locals. Did she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, there was that whole thing, that whole joke about people being locals. Oh gosh! It's, yeah, and then uh, yeah, it's very pedestrian. Me. Her look yes. is p- very pedestrian, and this is where Rue starts to lose her damn mind at this point because she's basically like, you know, this outfit's great for the pub, but like, you're not at the pub. This is an international stage. Like, what are you going to do? And Tia starts going like, I'll, I'll step it up, and she's like, No, you said that last time. But again, I do feel like her anger at Tia, as she says later, is coming from a place of like pure frustration because she loves her. And, you know, she literally yeah. says, like, look at your gorgeous legs, your cafe au lait skin. Like, that's what she says. She's just like, you you should be showing all of this off and you're not. And yeah. that was tough. It was, it was, I felt the frustration here. Again, as I said, you should have used that seven. Look, it's really hard to say. You should have used lockdown to do this, but it would have been wise and wonderful if she'd used her time to, to work on that a bit more. And also, I love Tia, but I started to get really frustrated with her here. I was like... It's, you know, it's like when someone, it, I'm trying to think of a good example, like if someone in school kept getting something wrong and it's a bit funny at first and then it just gets a bit tiring. Yeah. No, I, 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 I totally, I totally get it. And that's, that's what's happening with Rue. She's just like, uh, you're better than this. Just fucking stop. But you know, uh, Tia does say that out of everything that she has, this is the worst thing that she's got. So hopefully, that will turn around, but I don't it, know. it better because I, if she does the whole like, Oh, I'm a bit shit thing next week. I'll be pissed off. Yeah. Like anyway, we'll get to, we'll get to it later on. Sister, sister, uh, Michelle quite rightly mentions, you know, you're pushing yourself harder, particularly in that challenge in that music challenge in the girl group. She was, it, but as we mentioned earlier, is that enough? I'm yeah. thinking no. Think we're, at, we're at the, the peak, aren't we? Yeah, and then of course she mentions Michelle mentions that sister's chip look just wasn't as good as Ahora's, sadly. Um, and then Graham backed up as well. He said, "Look, I, I feel bad for you because someone else, your look is fine, is good, but someone else did it better." 
that's a really hard place to be. Um, Mnek really just puts the, the nail into the coffin here. Uh, Ahura did a more polished version. That's what she said. Yeah. Um, and then what was Rue saying here? Rue was like saying you were my favorite in the group. Like you, Rue really liked her, her outfit in the group. Like she mentioned it a couple of times and she kind of said, Oh, you were, you know, uh, you were like, you had a knowing smirk and you were my favorite. I didn't agree with that. I thought Tia was the best, but again, I'm blinded. Yeah. Blinded by the Tia light. Blinded by the Tia coffee. Um, right. Finally, then, finally. Uh oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, take us Yikes. away with meet Joe Black, babes. Okay, so Graham, <laughs> Graham Norton says, you know, I'm really happy you're back, um, but you were you were the kind of most deliberately not a part of the group, um, but then you know, he basically said quite rightly, your runway look was amazing, just like completely said it was executed so well, and then he said he described it as for one night only, Glenn Close joined Girls Aloud. <laughs> <laughs> love it yeah mnek was saying that joe black had timing issues in when she was recording the song uh what was the word again cigar and then also had issues with the dancing yeah um, now things really started to take a turn here as well Uh-oh. michelle is pissed. okay Michelle said that she loved the seaside look, the big, the blown away look, um, on the runway. She thought lyrics were fantastic, but the, the look, so the lyrics and the challenge were fantastic, but the look and the challenge was basic. Uh, it just was not acceptable. And again, as we said before, this was Joe trying to put together something that would fit with the other girls. Yeah. Oh, oof. Okay. Nice. Okay, actually, before, okay, before you do this, we need to set the scene. We've had seven months off. Rue has had to fly back to the UK, uh, to the US. I don't know, gone to Wyoming, wherever she likes to go these days. Um, and has then flown back to the UK, essentially risked her life <laughs> to come back to the UK, expecting all these girls to step it up. And here we are, babes. Yeah. Take it away. So yeah, at this point, just before when when Michelle's saying it's quite a basic look, Joe kind of tries to do like a fun stage whisper and be like H and M, and expecting everyone to kind of be like, ah, oh, charming. Uh oh, that those 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 two letters on the ampersand have really clanked to the ground. So H and M is like rattling around the studio like a haunting of a ghost, and basically Rue is just like no. Basically says, you know, this off the rack look is disappointing. She says, if you're going to get something from H&M, you better glitter the fuck out of it. Like, I'm not like, don't fucking waste my time. I don't want to see any fucking H&M. I'm like, I didn't just come out of like two weeks of quarantine for this shit. I didn't fly all the way back from the UK for this shit. It's just, it's rough. It's really tough. It's, it's, it's when Rue gets scary. She does, she does this every once in a while and it was really frightening. The most notable time was season seven in the great Shakespeare, uh, debacle where both of the brutes were really bad and she was like, you're all shit and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I think also it's disappointing because Joe, Joe Black has some great looks and is clearly very talented. So why, yeah. why do this one or why not ask one of the other girls to borrow one of their looks. That's the thing. I just don't think Joe would ever do that because no. she's so like her own thing and just so 
in her own world that she didn't even think, do you know what? I might need to just, I'm back and I just need to expand on who I am. I'm going to borrow one of the other girls' looks and I'll make it my own. Yeah. And that, that wig as well, that like finger wave very close to the head <sighs> wig, it just was so underwhelming looking because the dress was also underwhelming and like a black boot. It will, yikes, 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 yikes. She, she, okay. she has her own thing going on and it's very distinctive. But I just find it quite annoying. Yeah. I agree. So backstage, we've got the winning queens are just having a, just hanging out. Oh, and, and also, um, as soon as we go backstage and we see the four of them just like laying in different poses on the sofa, they all look fantastic. Yeah, they really do. Strong, like uh, just strength across the board for sure. And basically, so Tace is just like, oh, you know, she said they were giving pop princess. The other girls were giving golden girls. I don't really appreciate age shaming. That's kind of annoying, but it was still funny. And then Bimini's like, Ahura, you won the battle of the chips. And then basically Ahura's like, this is when we get into the real kind of situation. Ahura's like, well, she copied me. And here's the thing. So this is when we hear basically that obviously they get given their briefs for the looks for the season ahead of time. And obviously they've seen each other's stuff like hanging up from seven months ago. So they basically say, Ahura says, well, actually sister sister had like a pamela anderson beach look with a yeah. big breastplate and like a red bikini and then she comes back after seven months and she has an exact like she has a knockoff of my outfit and i'm sorry that's there's no way to avoid that it's the truth i think here's what i think happened i think sister realized that didn't bimini do a pamela anderson look yes one week? yeah the monster so I think that's happened so sisters thought right i need to change it and i need to step up I don't think she's copied on purpose. I think she's done that thing that happens where, say, for example, if I saw you like three weeks ago and you're wearing a really nice or like a few at the end of last year, maybe I saw you and you were wearing like a sweatshirt that I really liked. And then I forgot where I saw it, but then I saw it on a shop and I'm going to buy that. And I forgot that you were the one who had it. And then we're right. to meet up and we're wearing the same thing. Like you if you I, try and. Like if you try and make up a song and you accidentally sing a song that already exists. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oof. I, I don't know. I'm, uh, uh, yeah. It's, because it's, I don't think, but no one would do, no one would copy on purpose, particularly someone like a horror who's got such a polished look to her because that's like taking on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I don't think, I don't think she realized she was copying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, um, the, the bottom queens come back and yeah, Joe's like, Rue was really fucking angry. Um, and you know, uh, Tia says she does agree with Rue that she didn't elevate herself. Um, but you know, this is when she says, this is kind of like the worst thing that I have. And I was just like, oh, please, please don't do it again, Tia. I can't, my heart can't take it. I love you too much. I know. We're all rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was rooting for you, Tia. I was rooting for you. You. <laughs> and then, oof, this is when we start to get a little, uh, this is when we get into the, the tension. And Ahura does some world-class eye-rolling that I was just living for. You know I love an eye-roll. She did some, at one point her eyes, she starts off looking down and it does a full 360 around her whole like eye goes <laughs> down all the way up and over and around again. It's great. I think this is also the first time where the eye roll is really, really justified. Maybe yes, like in the past I, when a horror's eye roll has been like, you're being, you're being nasty, but here I'm like, mm, it's there. 
Yeah, yeah. And and actually, this is where Taste kind of points out where, like, basically, you know, they're like, oh, we thought you had this look. And she's like, oh, I just didn't realize. And Taste goes, <laughs> Taste, she goes, it's a big bag of chips over there. Of course you've seen it. And I was like, well, <laughs> it does, it's true. <laughs> it's like, you can't, that, that's a costume, that, that's a costume that you can't, like, have hidden in, like, a dress bag, you know, like, a garment <laughs> bag, like, hidden away. Like, of course you're going to see a big thing of chips. Like, that's unavoidable. So, you know, you can, I can completely see, I can completely see that, yeah, like you said, Sister Sister maybe just accidentally remembered it without remembering where it came from. But also you kind of can see a horror's point that it's like, I came in with this look from the beginning and you came back with this look from lockdown. It's kind of, it's tough. Cause also who would do that? Like it's such a, it's such a, no one would do that on purpose cause it's such a stupid move to make. So you're right. It clearly was a mistake, but it's also really hard to argue with it. Yeah. <clears throat> so. We need to get back to that main stage, don't we, babes? We do. So, uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> sorry, I just completely, as I was, I was on that like big long run and I was just staring ahead of me and I was completely lost in what I was saying. So, uh, this is when Rue, Rue actually, I, I like this. Rue's basically like, look, I just shouted at you and it's because I really like you, <laughs> which, you know, she doesn't always do when she gets angry. <laughs> she's just yeah. basically like, I see so much potential in you. And then she's like, plus Mama Ru is locked up for two weeks in quarantine. Okay. So she's mad. Where do uh, you think, where do you think she quarantined? Oh God, probably at like the, you know, ugh, I don't know, on like a star above floating above London. <laughs> <laughs> One the of most the, exclusive stars. What about maybe in one of the pods in the London Eye? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that stupid fucking. What's that hotel? The Shard. Oh my god, the Shard. My brother stayed uh, in the Shard once, and I, I went and saw it. And I was, the rooms, I was like, this is not that impressive. <laughs> your your <laughs> brother could not be more Shard. The Shard. I know it was. It's aggressively fine. The Shard. It's like nice, but it's the not shard, like the Shard is the tallest building in Lo- in London. Is that right? And it's uh, very, maybe, yeah. yeah, and it's got a hotel and a restaurant and a bar. It's very overpriced and kind of underwhelming. And, and a very is- terrifying bathroom situation when you go and do a pee in there and you can like see all the way down. It's quite, I had a, I had a moment when I was in there anyway. <laughs> so safe queens are Ellie Diamond and sister, sister didn't know how much I missed you. Yeah. And in the bottom two, we had Tia Coffee and Joe Black. I think this is fair. I, look, I do I prefer Tia Coffee to Ellie Diamond Sister Sister? Yes, but does she belong in the bottom two this week? She does. Yeah, it's it's true. In like a in a slightly mean spirited or just in a like playing a favorites game, I would have, you know, happily have had Ellie and Sister Sister in the bottom just because they maybe are even though I like them both, they are my least favorite. But that's not how this works. So it, it, it's completely fair. It is completely fair. Yeah. So, so I also just, just to give a throwback to Rue's frustration in this, for Joe Black to come back and then be in the bottom two after one episode, it's like you've been given an amazing ch- opportunity and this is yeah. where you've ended up. That's, that's Although annoying. I will say in Drag Race history, that is quite a, um, that's quite a trope is to, come back and then go in the same week that you've come back. It's happened a few times. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the two, these two gals are going to be performing and they're going to be performing. Don't leave me this way. <laughs> but the communards, Jimmy Somerville, right? Oh, baby, my heart is full of love and desire for you. That was pretty good. Thank you. So they're performing now. At first, I'm like, 
eh, fine, whatever. There's nothing much going on here. Uh, Joe's doing her classic, like, <laughs> which is just exhausting by now. Tia's, Tia's not really doing that much. Then it gets to a point where I think Tia trots to the back of the stage, doesn't she? Yeah. And she gets there and she does this thing where she, she's kind of, does she wait? I'm just, I'm looking at it again. So I want to, I want to do my girl right. She, uh, gets to the back of the stage. Uh, this is, uh, Ben live, live blogging, uh, as I watch an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> and then she has a sort of moment of intensity where she's clearly taken on board the message of I should, I've got the body. I should show it off. I need to do it. So she does this thing where she leaps to the ground on her knees. Then she stands up and she rushes up her <laughs> sad ice cream outfit to reveal her red panties and her legs. It's as if to say, <laughs> do you know what? I hear you. I'm a supermodel. I can do this. And she starts doing it. Yeah. It's a shame because this has happened before in drag race where girls have like ripped their costumes off to, to for the lip sync. And it doesn't, it's always a little, desperate and kind of there was also in the early seasons of drag race this whole thing about girls ripping their wigs off and it being really like tragic but i do think this if she if she'd had like a bra on and like if she'd had the body underneath ready to be seen i think that she would have benefited even more from like ripping that whole costume off i think she would have looked incredible because what we did see looked incredible but obviously we don't know what was you know what was going on under there all the the pinnings and the the things so but it was pretty mesmerizing just the legs i mean she's got oh. legs legs for days yeah she looked fantastic yeah so she quite rightly is told to shantae you stay and joe black is told to sashay away yeah also she did this other great moment before we get to it where tia goes to the back of the stage and she's really building up to it and then she does like a run and she sort of says to the motions to the the judges uh, should i do it i'm doing okay i'm gonna i'm, I'm, okay, I'm gonna do it and then she yeah. does a, a run and like a leap and isn't okay, yeah. she just she really she builds forward like, roll. yeah yes a ro- roly-poly as we call them in the uk roly-poly. and she's just <laughs> she gets really intense like she builds up to a moment of intensity which i appreciate yeah, and didn't she finish on a death drop as well? Oh, I'm just looking. I'm looking. Yeah, she yes, she rolls up. She pulls up her ice cream and then just does a death drop. And then she lies there for ages. <laughs> yeah, she's she's fantastic. I mean, we we kind of knew she is, but I'm glad she didn't give up because that could have been a moment of giving up, couldn't it? Yeah, it just annoys me though because it's like, why? Where is this intensity? And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Not it's uniqueness. Just, happens to these queens you know it happens for the the tv of it all just can really mess up people who are ready for it you know yeah so yeah joe black is dunzo dunzo once again um and he says she says i'm ready for my close-up mr i'm ready for my close-up mr charles again i'm like sure okay <laughs> sunset boulevard reference that's what we uh we learned from last time when we talked yeah. about it yeah yeah <laughs> So that's a great, I, you know, all in all, fantastic episode. Handled, handled all of the COVID bullshit perfectly. I didn't feel annoyed by it. I didn't feel like it was getting me down. It was just, everything was great. Everyone was great. I, I'm very, I'm very pleased. Even Rue screaming about H&M was a great moment. <laughs> it was, it was a fantastic moment. The, I mean, as we think we mentioned, there's that moment where she's like, the world is ending. The world is actually ending. So you need to just properly perform in this stage. Yeah. And I believed it. And also, all, yeah. There's been some fantastic just internet content of uh, 
Rue at like H&M events. Um, I saw a really good thing someone had done where it was Rue on the weakest link and they had found a dress on the H&M website that looks exactly the same as her outfit on there and done a side by side. And there's a really good thing I saw of, I think it was on like the RuPaul talk show of like a fashion segment. And this, this girl's like talking through this outfit and she's like, Oh, and the skirt is from H and M. And then they like zoomed in. <laughs> They've like edited it and zoomed in on Rue and it goes like H and M, H and M, H and M. Very fun. Very into the, the, the internet content coming out of the UK one for sure. I think I, th- I said it before. This, I think this is my favorite episode of Drag Race ever because it's the most explosive. It's the most real and meaningful and it just. Yeah. Yeah. This, the UK season is just continuing to deliver and deliver and deliver. And I'm just like, as I keep saying every week, just so excited to watch the next episode. It's, it's insane. <sighs> right. Well, that's been it for this week. Um, we are going to have a chat with, uh, Crystal from Drag Race UK season one, all about Drag Race UK season two and Drag Race and just drag in the UK. And we are back as promised. We have Crystal from RuPaul's Drag Race season one. She is with us, babes. How are you? Bing, bang, bong. I'm great, babes. Hi. So nice to be chatting. I've got um, a vodka tonic tinkling in my hand and um, I'm feeling great. Oh, vodka tonic. Yeah, vodka tonic. I didn't know that was you. Yeah, it is me. You know, it makes me feel like a bitter old white woman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like she's on the yeah. East Coast. She's in her like rundown mansion, and she's just wondering where it all went wrong. Yeah, it's a very like waspy, yeah, upper yes. side wasp drink. Lovely, hundred percent. And that is me. That's well, it will be one day if I have my way. That's oh. not where I was going. In my head, it's more like you're at uni and you've got like Smirnoff and you've got Schweppes tonic. And it's all a bit warm. And it's oh no, this is glass. this is this is like a kettle one. You know, the best the off license can provide. Yeah, no, vo- you're thinking of vodka lemonade. That's the difference. Vodka lemonade and lime. Lime cordial. <laughs> Did you, I used so, to burn my, yeah, burn my tongue out on vodka cranberry when I went to the gay bars back when I was a kid. <laughs> you, you like, you know, you like get to 3am and you're like, why does my mouth hurt? Oh, because I've drunk about four liters of cranberry juice. <laughs> and the next, and the next day you wake up and you're a bit like, yeah. everything like your tongue and all your teeth everything's a yeah. bit red you're like i just yeah. I don't know why <laughs> what's going on <laughs> so we sugar should... and no no cystitis <laughs> <laughs> we should tell our audience that coming directly from uh from london with your vodka tonic that's where you are right now how how are things over there what's going on in london oh god <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think we're all just losing our collective minds. I have been, I've done my 10,000 steps today and okay. that's, that's my government allotted exercise done. And, um, yeah, I'm back, back to the couch for me. I don't know. I, well, I'm sure it's the same there. I've just like one day at a time. Sometimes I go to bed just to, just so that the day will be over. Oh, babe. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll 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 get into it a little bit later but i still feel like you've been busy like yeah your cameos going on i've got my cameos um last week i um i performed for a pharmaceutical conference from my bedroom so (laughs) you know (laughs) the giddy heights of drag race fame you never know where it will take you a pharmaceutical conference what did you correct 
Um, so I was, I was, uh, I did two numbers and, but you'll be pleased to know they also had, um, Duncan James and, um, oh. and, uh, oh God, I'm, I'm blanking on her name right now. Play that sax. Fleur oh. East. Fleur East. Fleur East. Famously playing the trumpet. <laughs> wow that's awesome yeah. but they they did pre-records and i and i was live so what, what i haven't quite got to the stage where i can just pre-record myself standing in front of a wall <laughs> and then then perform? i'll know i've made it what did, did i perform? perform yeah so i did i did um i did a number i've got about binge drinking um Ooh. which is you know appropriate in these days and i've got uh i did some angle grinding <laughs> Which you know, Ooh, wow! You never, I never thought I'd be doing from the the spare room in my bed in my house, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a year of surprises for us all. Uh, I love, I love the idea of your neighbors being like, "What is happening next door?" <laughs> Honestly, it is so hard. Yeah, exactly. It's so hard to channel like fierce bad bitch energy when you're standing in front of like a curtain that's <laughs> a meter and a half tall, and you have to kind of crouch so that you fit in frame. <laughs> I know. I and I start. I, I start that number with a cigarette that I put out on my tongue. And again, it's just like, oh, I'm worried I'm going to get ash on the carpet. <laughs> Good. I was thinking. I was worried about like the sparks flying to the curtain and then like the curtain going up in yeah. flames. Yeah. yeah, precisely. I was about to say. I I start imagining that from the other side of the camera, especially in the UK. I always imagine someone's got a rack of clothes drying off camera. Yeah, very that, very that. <laughs> put away the laundry or put it in the hall. <laughs> no, well, babes, well, we're so glad that you've you've taken your time out of your angle grinding for the pharmaceuticals <laughs> of the world to talk to us. We've obviously been covering season two of Drag Race UK. You were in oh. season one, of course, and you live in London. So, I mean, as I keep on saying, you're the boots on the ground for us. But oh, so- well. Yeah. Field reporter. Field reporter, yes. So we've International just, we've correspondent. Just, we've just talked through the most recent episode of Drag Race UK season two. Right. First of all, having been through it all, what are your thoughts on this season? Oh, it is so hard to look at it objectively because, as you say, I've been through it all, but also because I know a bunch of these people and because, like no drag queens are good at keeping secrets. So I already have a pretty good idea of what shakes out. So it's like between all of those things, it's really hard to get like a, the sense of it from a viewer's point of view, but I am, I am just absolutely loving this season. I I'm having so much fun watching it. I'm having so much fun watching my friends be like total tits. I love all the drama. I love this break in the middle. I don't know. There's just been so many things. It's, it's really weird. I feel like it's instilling a sense of nationalism, which I have rarely experienced in this country. Oh, I feel like it's inspiring national pride, which is bizarre thing to say about a drag competition. But I think, I think it is. Well, do you think it's like on, on X factor back in the day when it was like, Oh, it's like Joe McKelvey from like Newcastle. And then they would like show, Everyone in Newcastle, like, yeah, come on, Joe. Is it that kind of feeling? Yeah, I think it is that feeling, except, yeah, replace Newcastle with the UK and then X Factor with, like, I don't know. 
Yeah, because there's there's obviously the much bigger franchise in the states, and everyone watches that too. But we find like we have something we can root for ourselves, and maybe that was the exact same feeling when I was on it. But it was hard for me to see out of my own little experience with it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like this time, I just feel like I'm a fan, and I'm just so pleased to be watching the UK do what it does best because I think they I think these queens are doing like the UK really proud and they're really representing just that quintessential Britishness mm-hmm. yeah def- absolutely yeah. I definitely think, I, well Fraser and I keep on saying but we pre- we're preferring this season UK season to, or just UK season as a whole to the US season it feels I, I, yeah I feel exactly the same way yeah there's a rawness yeah, a freshness and like a, mm-hmm. a, I get like a, a zing, a zing in my step when I watch UK, whereas US, I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't like, I, it's hard to say why that is because it's not like it exists in this vacuum. Like, it's the, and it was the same with our season. Like, we all, we'd all, we'd all seen the US season. It's not like it was actually a brand new venture, but there's just something, there's just something about it that makes it feel like it's, it's whole a whole new thing. Um, yeah, and just, like, the cast is so fucking weird. Like, you just look at them all standing around together. You're like, who assembled these people? And, like, how is this a community that exists and makes sense? And it, But, like, I just feel, like, I feel almost emotional looking at, at them because they just, it's like, how, nowhere else could these people find each other and be so successful. It's, like, a really wonderful thing. Yeah. No, totally. I was just thinking about that actually in terms of like with, um, when we watched the Canadian season, I, what, the one thing I love to love about this, the UK ones and the Canadian one is this kind of thing of like everyone truly knows each other before going in because the, the, the scenes themselves are so much smaller and it's not spread out like in the US. And I, I'm getting that same feeling with, with this UK season, especially where it's just like, you know, even to the point now where like two of the Queens live together. <laughs> Totally. It's a much like closer circle this time, I think. Um, cause I went on my season. I only knew Cheryl beforehand and like I knew of vinegar and something like I knew of a bunch of them, but Cheryl was, Cheryl was the only one I'd ever worked with. And I, and Cheryl and I weren't tight. Like we weren't friends really. So, um, this season, it feels, yeah, it just feels like they're all like, they all went to the same uni. It's got that kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so right. So who have you performed? Have you performed with any of these gals before? In fact, have any of them been on your on your stage at Mariah and Friends in London? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I've had Bimini and Tace and Estina like loads of times each, and um, and I've worked with Joe Black before as well. Um, and I th- I think that's it for people that I've worked with worked with. But Bimini. Um, her first time in drag, she beat me at a lip sync competition at the Glory. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my it, lord! Have you guys heard of Lip Sync One Thousand? Yes, yes, yes. I yeah. remember it. Yeah. So it's like very East London drag. Like anyone can enter. There's no rules. All you have, all you have to do is just go up on stage and lip sync. And like in any kind of drag, anything you want. Like you can lip sync to a Hoover if you want to. And in fact, actually, you'd probably do quite well if you did that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Bimini did a a really good like sexy Trump act when that still kind of felt like a fresh idea to do. You know. Um, yeah, she's really good. 
Um, I entered again a few weeks later because I wasn't willing to accept my defeat, and then I also placed in the finals. So it was it was fine. There's no sour grapes, no problem at all. I haven't been thinking about it at all in the last few years. Um, <laughs> and then Estina also has beat me in a competition. So there you go. I've lost to two of these girls. I have to say, I did see on social media, one of my favorite things was just um, that you physically just bumped into Bimini like, out on the streets. Yeah. yeah, especially during lockdown, we're like, we're not even really allowed to leave the house. But I was actually dropping off a wig at our at our mutual wig stylist, and she was collecting a wig. So she was walking down the street with a TK Maxx bag with a wig in it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. And I loved seeing that picture. I was like, I was like, oh, she is wearing exactly what she would be wearing, like in the workroom, just to like shuffle around the streets of East 100%. London. Yeah, like a pink velour tracksuit. Um, well, because you knew some of these queens, did any of them come to you for advice before season two? I know it's all very hush hush, but did any of them say like, "Crystal, just what what should I do?" Anything like that going on? Yeah, I think I spoke to quite a few of them actually, because I kind of had a, I kind of knew you. It it all kind of gets out a little bit. So, um, but I think. I mean, I probably shouldn't admit to any of this, but yeah, I gave them all some, I gave the ones that wanted some, some pointers. And my advice is always, if, if I speak to someone about this is always like, just remember it's a reality TV show first and a drag competition second, and just like go in and have fun and make good TV and be silly and be stupid and be charming. Cause I, when I was there, I was so worried about doing a good job at, like the drag things and like really freaking out about the challenges all the time. And just like basically just having a giant stick up my ass. And it turns out that doesn't make great TV. Oh, babes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like something you've kind of got to go through until you to, to learn. And I was just super naive about the entire thing. So maybe, maybe you have to go through it before you kind of understand that. But um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess there's always there's all stars, you know, Never at some know. point, maybe like international all stars, much oh. like one of, one of my favorite shows of all time, which was World Idol, when they brought Ooh. all the the pop idol winners from around the world to one stage. Beautiful. I I remember it well. Kelly Clarkson, I think she sung "The Trouble with Lovers" from the Love Actually soundtrack. I think maybe I don't know, but yes. Oh my god, an international all stars is like a wild, wild idea, and it should. Wouldn't happen. that be so good? I guess once Australia, once like Down Under has has aired, then there's going to be enough, there'll be enough international franchises to make that happen. But like a Canadian, UK, like Thailand, like Australian <laughs> international mix. Oh, yeah, and, 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 and Holland. I've got Holland. There's Spain coming out this year too, isn't there? So um, yeah, the oh. potential is endless. Oh. Ooh. Until so then, great. there's always pharmacy conferences. This is it. Yeah. I mean, look, look. <laughs> vaccines are big at the moment they've got that money they've got that vaccine money this is and they've particularly got that money because i bought five moderna shares (laughs) so they are rolling i was gonna say has anyone has anyone done a moderna madonna number yet for the pharmaceutical conference um what what do you do like a a die another day (laughs) (laughs) yeah <laughs> Can I just say my my colleague at work, her son goes to fencing classes. Like, <laughs> so 
<laughs> every time, every time she's like, right, I've got to go take him to fencing. Every time I give her a Die Another Day reference. Like, you just like, stick and fried. cannot help it. Analyze I'll send her like, <laughs> analyze, analyze this. I cannot help but just like send her a screenshot of Madonna fencing. Oh. You're like, actually, it's pronounced touche. <laughs> it's French. Um, so how did you find this most recent episode because spoiler alert we've just talked about it in this whole episode but i've said that's my favorite episode of drag race ever Agreed. of all time wow wow yeah it was really fun wasn't it i felt like um i wanted a little bit more time spent maybe on that break but i think they've actually done a spin-off episode oh. of like how the queen spent lockdown um they, maybe they, that's what they, they have they have and is it is, um, is it not the one i I would say if you're feeling down in the dumps or maybe on the edge, do not watch that episode Got it. because it's pretty bleak. Um, so yeah, that's all I'll, all I'll say about that. Um, yeah, it was a fab, I, it was a fabulous episode and I feel like every new episode of this season has just kind of pushed the the last one out of my brain and I'm suddenly like, this was the best one ever. So totally. I feel like, I feel like I think that every time. So you're probably right. This was probably the best episode of drag race ever. Um, you're, you're right. I've been saying the exact same thing. Like, I'm like, this is it. I'm like, well, we've reached a new height. We're never going to get any higher than this. And then the next week I'm like, what happened last week? This is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> totally. Um, I will say it was a little bit triggering because episode five, the girl group challenge, that was my week to go. So, um, um, watching group two kind of flail around did bring back some bad memories. Um, but, (laughs) uh, but, but hang on, hang on. I don't think your group flailed around, around as, as badly at all compared to the, the flailing grip in this one. Well, like this, see, this grip unfortunately wasn't great. I, I never, I never watched your grip and thought they're, they're bad. Right. Yeah. I, I, I actually will give you that. And the question I do have is like, how bad were they? Cause that's the problem with TV is that you'll never actually know. Um, what we know is that, one group got a really good at it and one group got a really bad at it. And, um, <laughs> are you, are you referring to the fact that every single reaction shot of the judges does not include any of the actual acts that they're watching? So are you saying that maybe some of those reaction shots could be taken out of context? Well, what I, I don't, what I think probably was true is that we definitely saw that whole judging panel clap except for Rue. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was, that was real. Um, I hear, I hear you re-editing, but I have to say that's that sec that second group. They okay. So the choreo, like the choreo was very flat. Um, yes, and I think that they went for some kind of comedy uh, choices that didn't really land. Like I felt like Joe was kind of constantly doing this character, and and it, it definitely didn't read through the TV. Maybe it read a bit better on in person, but I wasn't really getting what that was supposed to be about. Um, What I will say about that group is like, it was actually very Eurovision. Like it really seemed like it could have been an eighties Scandinavian pop group. (laughs) Like, um, and, and I think that the, like their verses and everything kind of fit that a little bit. Whereas the first group was very much like, no, we're going to give you like the little mix 
version, and it didn't it didn't feel as much Eurovisiony to me. I don't know, but they were just very very good, weren't they? And like the lyrics were amazing, the routine was amazing. All of those all of those people have like charisma on stage, and Bimini really 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 shone. I thought. Well, I was just describing to Ben when we were doing our recap that uh, she has kind of like a, a Fagan, like Bill Sykes kind of voice that was like, even on the recording of the track, it was just like, ding, dang, dong, bing, bang, bong. I love that they kept her voice really high in the mix. But you're so, you're so right. I never actually, I got so caught up in the, the, all the critiques that I stopped to think about it looking through a Eurovision lens. Mm-hmm. And you're right, actually, that the first group is, a little too slick and a little, it was very much a drag race performance. And actually the second group did feel, yeah, you're right. Like a lot more like a very odd country that you've never actually heard of before you watched drag race, before you watched Eurovision story where you're like, excuse me, which country is this? Moldova. I think I've never heard of that. Totally. So yeah. And actually if they were really going to do Eurovision, none of them should have been singing about themselves at all. Like they should have been singing about, the UK or something, or like they should have been trying to like sell it as a tourist board kind of vibe. Oh, um, that's nice. That's nice. But, but like, why would you do that? You wouldn't on Drag Race because it's a chance to talk about yourself and like show yourself off. So, um, it's kind of like a Eurovision wrapping on a traditional Drag Race challenge. And yeah. sometimes on Drag Race, they want you to follow the letter of the brief of the challenge. And sometimes they don't. And it's hard to know when that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's always slightly that idea that you might be being set up for failure or success at any point, which mm-hmm. I can, ima- I can't imagine how that must feel in the moment when you're actually there. I can, I would, I think I would leave the stage like Jenny Lemon. I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, how, how it was a great, ask, it was a great episode. It was, I, I, I mean, it, yeah, I absolutely adored. I think also what was so good about it was just the anticipation. Like mm. the, over the last week, everyone's been like, well, I heard someone left, but, but maybe it's Ginny that's left, but I don't know if someone's left, but why have they left? Oh no, we're going to see them at home. Like there was so much anticipation, anticipation building up to it. Um, and also, I don't know if you know this about us, Crystal, but Fraser and I actually, we work in television. We're producers. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> we do. So we were actually just from like an industry POV. We were fascinated by you know mm. what went on. Um, I have to ask. You didn't mention Lawrence earlier when you're talking about the the gals that you may know or have performed with or been the same stage with. Do you know anything else about Lawrence outside this competition? Because obviously she's my hometown girl. I feel very <laughs> protective and fond of her. I just my dream for Lawrence is. At some point, she comes out to LA, and I managed to find her. And I'm like, Lawrence, just come with me. I'm just going to take you on this trip. I'm going to like, I'm going to become like her manager and just like bash people out the way. So yeah, Lawrence, what's your take? Um, I, so I know I don't know Lawrence outside of watching the TV show, except by uh, rumor and reputation. And um, Lawrence has spoken of very highly in the drag circuit as like a really funny, really professional, and I. I thought Lawrence was like 35, the way people talk about her, but she's mm-hmm. just a, she's just a baby. And it's been interesting seeing like, yeah, she's got, she's having like some crises of confidence, isn't she? Like, which makes sense. She's 23, but I know. so much of her is so like, it seems like she's got herself all figured out. Um, yeah. I'm really enjoying watching Lawrence. She's really funny. Yeah. Oh, I just love her. So I, but I don't have any goss to offer you. I'm afraid. 
that's fair, fair enough. Fair, fair. Um, Snatch game next week. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm, ner- I'm nervous. I'm, all, I'm, all, I, I'm always nervous with Snatch game. Yeah, I hate Snatch game. Even though I know, I know it's good and I know it's iconic, but I do hate it because it makes my toes curl. And I, it's, it's. I feel I just. I get so I get so nervous, and I'm already starting to feel it just talking about it. I'm like, oh. I know. Have you watched the newest episode of season thirteen yet? I haven't. I haven't. All oh, right. Well, I, there's I just have, like some, some very toe curly improv in that as well, and um, yeah, it's it's just it's just so hard to watch when someone does poorly, especially when they cut the music on the person, it's just so mean. Uh, I was about to say, and that happens so much on Snatch Game where it's just yeah. like, hey, what, let's make this moment even worse. Let's just suck out all of that music and just let the, let it, let them sit in their own like filth. And it's just, yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm already just so nervous at the thought of people like panicking and not being able to do it. Cause it's yeah. not even about like, it's not even about me being like, Oh, they're so bad. I don't want to see it. It's like, I can't, I, I go through all of the like emotions with them and it, it like, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. <laughs> and if you're not someone who's like naturally good at improv, like just just the layers that you have to do, you have to be drag, but be another person, but also be funny and like also play by the rules of this imagined game. Like there's a lot of layers to it. So it's very stressful. It's very stressful. It's a, it is amazing to me that people do well at it because I just, it's just so far out of something that I'm, naturally good at yeah. Oof. although i did see Gemma collins is on the is is one of the snatch game mm-hmm. people which i'm very excited about the gc that, that'll be really fun maybe they'll have cheryl cheryl and Gemma. <laughs> cheryl cheryl hole not cole okay. right i got sorry i got confused there my silence yeah. was just confusion i was like wait what i'm so confused is cheryl cole dressing up as Gemma? what i'm sure <laughs> i'll watch it um Okay. Yeah, who's going to gonna do well in Snatch Game then? So Lawrence okay. will, unless Lawrence. Lawrence has the thing to. is, sometimes people choke. Um, sometimes people choke. Look, Lawrence has to. Lawrence has to do well, but I'm nervous about who he's going to do. He has to do someone Scottish. He just has to, and I'm nervous he's going to do Susan Boyle, which is an awkward one to do. Why? I thought Subo was always going to be your choice. I think that's. I think Subo's fine. You can just be really confused about where you are. No, but I think Subo has mental health quite oh i see so i don't think anymore she is a choice my my new one's lorraine i'm doing lorraine kelly and lorraine how do you make lorraine funny though uh don't don't make me look (laughs) (laughs) do it now now. snatch game uh oh god i couldn't even think of a snatch game question but the key with lorraine is just like you just turn anything into like cozy wee in scottish so like They'd be talking about anything, and she's like, "Oh, that's a cozy wee shame." I've got some soup here, and then you'd bring out like a little thing of soup. I've got a lovely wee soup. Right, you're going to talk about rugs, yeah, dead cozy. Right back to you, Rue. You know what I mean? Fair, Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Who do we who do we think is going to do well? Um, yeah. So Lawrence will do well. Um, Tia. Oh God. Tia mm. could. Tia could. Tia could go either way. Yeah. Yes, Tia could absolutely. be like a smash success. Um. And I'm I'm inclined to think that she'll do well. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Bimini's also got a good. Is, is, I think Bimini and, and Tia are both in my head are two people who can either reach the stratosphere or crash and burn because yeah, they're both it, very, it's very very talented. Much, it's very much down to character choice, I think. 
Yes, like absolutely. Like if it's just if it's natural to them, because Bimini is so good when she's being like just pure natural Bimini. Yes. Um, yeah. So she needs to do like I'm, a Pamela Anderson or a, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think a horror is going to do well. I'm nervous about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she although, although she, was she was in that Essex yeah. competition. Yeah. In that Essex, she was, she, she she was, was brilliant. Best. Yeah, yeah, she should have won. And imagine. Imagine if, like, imagine if she hadn't done that, and then she came on Snatch Game and did that, but as Katie Price, it would be, like, astounding, because yeah, that's so what she right. was doing Katie Price, but I know what you mean, I, I do have, I'm, I think Taste can, I think Taste can pull it out if she, again, makes the right choice, because she's got such, like, star quality, but Yes. also, I can imagine her getting in her head about it, I guess yeah. that's with everyone. And I think my main concerns are Ellie Diamond and Sister Sister because they're yeah. not Ellie, the most out yeah. there people. Yeah, totally. And Ellie is definitely, I think, yeah. The, the, Ellie is the one I think will probably have the biggest struggle. But Sister, I think Sister Sister is actually very funny, but she has definitely been like struggling with her own kind of to find her footing in the competition. And she talked about that, I think the episode before last. And I was like, Oh my God, I relate to that. So, so hard, but I feel like there's a new energy with sister after the break. And I think I have a feeling that sister, sister is kind of leveled up her puss. Well, she's leveled up up her teeth. There's Mm -hmm. gnashes. She's gnashed her way back with, with more vigor. Oh yeah. Speaking of which. She's going to give us a Scylla black then with the new teeth. Oh, she could. Do, she could do. Or I was thinking, what was the what's that character's EastEnders or Carnation Street? That really old lady with the dark hair who smokes a lot. Dot Cotton. That Dot Cotton. I feel like she could do a character. <laughs> could you know what I mean? Like a character like yeah. that. Yeah. Dot Cotton is a really good Snatch Game character, actually, because yeah, you just yeah, she's got such a distinctive look and a way of speaking and the cigarettes, and then you could kind of just do whatever you want on top yeah, of just, it. And, and, and Rue loves like Rue loves a world weary old person. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm just thinking of Rita Baga on Canadian Drag Race. Exactly. Oh. Genius. Oh. <laughs> I completely forgot about her doing Edith PF, like dying. <laughs> like, that's what I want. I, well, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know if Sister Sister can reach those heights of dying as Edith PF, but we'll see. Um, babes, Crystal, question for you. What is going on right now in London in terms of drag? Is there anything going on? No, we're not like we're allowed to leave the house um once a day for some exercise. So there is no drag happening except what's on the internets. Um But you know, we had a lovely little summer last year which was perhaps in hindsight a little bit reckless. Um so you know, I think I have a feeling this summer is going to be gorgeous. Yeah. Also, I was going to say, I'm just thinking, obviously, I'm not asking you to completely comment on any actual experiences or uh, any of their experiences to do this, but I'm imagining some of those, some of that resurfacing and um, re- nips and tucks that we saw, that must have all happened in the summer because I'm feeling like you couldn't have popped down to Harley Street. <laughs> yeah, Harley Street, post, like, August. <laughs> Harley Street is currently closed for business, but there was definitely a busy trade in the summer where everyone was... <laughs> stocking up just give me give me two doses it needs to last the next summer <laughs> were people were people like going to the park on a nice day having like pims in a tin having a bit too much me like do you know what we're near harley street i'm just <laughs> i've always wanted to just to, just 
Give me just give me a quick foreskin facial. I'll pack pop back arc. I'll just well, I'll finish I'll finish this mini pack of Scotch eggs before I go for Marks and Spencer's, and I'll just nip over a real a real sight into uh, into London in the summer. Right, what well, else have you got going babe, on? What, what, I just oh. oh, just on the drag in London thing. I just really hope for these these gals that it opens up soon because before you know it, there's going to be another season and. Um, oh. I just really want them to be able to make some money. Um, yeah, they deserve their time in the in the sun for sure because they've been they've literally gifted not just the UK but like genuinely like the world. It sounds like I'm being I'm I'm being facetious. I'm not like everyone here is loving the UK season like so much, and they deserve to get the the money off the back of it that you would in a regular season. Totally right? for and, sure. Yeah, and they they had the additional like strain of being out of work, spending all their money for a show and then being out of work for a year. So yeah, I really hope that I hope that they can make it back. But in the meantime, if you're listening to this, um, why don't you go buy a cameo from, from them? Cause they would love that. Oh, oh my God. I'd love a cameo from Lawrence. Yeah, oh. do it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I was thinking about Lawrence and Ellie because there's much less of a scene in Scotland and they're Scotland based. I think no matter what, they're going to be okay because I can imagine Lawrence could, open up like a Mariah and Friends type show, your show in London, in in Glasgow, and MC it and perform it and rule it, and be, kind of become like the pillar of Scottish drag. Totally. Kind of and I think I think Lawrence was kind of already on the way to that anyway. Um, yeah, it's, I guess it's also just about like being realistic about your expectations, because I think sometimes people go on the show and they're like, I'm going to be the next Trixie Mattel, but like that's actually very rare that someone or Bianca Del Rio, like it's very rare that someone reaches that level of success. Um, Mm. So it's like, no, this is like a really good career boost. It'll just take you from what you were doing to like a couple levels up. And if you just think that way, then it's, it's a, Great, 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 great opportunity. And you, I think you have to find your, find whatever it is that defines you as well. Like I, this is such a weird segue, but like say James Mansfield, like he went first on his season and like all of that stuff. But I am here. I am however many years later, I will watch any single YouTube video that James Mansfield does about wig <laughs> transformations. Do you watch them? I do. I love James Mansfield. <laughs> I, I, his, his YouTube channel is so good. And it's like, just that is the pure example of like what Drag Race could do for you is that like she went in the episode one and now has this, oh my God, then it's, I don't know if you would enjoy it, but basically it's, uh, she just basically does wig transformations, but they're always like party city wigs. And she does these amazing fucking transformations into the, oh, it's just, and she's so funny. And oh, I, I, I'm not explaining it very well, but I could watch her videos forever and ever and ever until I die. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, that's I'll, it. I'll check it out. I love anyone who's got like an actual, actual skill. You know what I mean? It's like they can, yeah. They could actually make like shitloads of money off that or something. I don't know. But speaking <laughs> of making shitloads of money, what's going on with you? You've got your cameos. I, I see you've been doing them for Valentine's Day. Have you had any weird ones? Oh, did I have any weird ones? Yeah, I, I've been getting a few lately where people just want me to like um, cuss people out, and not even like in a in like a read me kind of drag queen way, but like in a can you call me a motherfucking bitch? It's like, I think I'm, I've somehow attracted the BDSM community to my drag. Oh. Which I am absolutely fine with. 
Um, I actually, yeah. I, I actually think that that's quite a, a like quite a wonderful collaboration. Actually, I can see that working. Totally. And sometimes you get a request and it's like, this is for my friend. Could you just tell her she's a nasty skank whore and I, and you want to suck her toes? I'm like, is this for your friend or is this for you? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like, it's fine. I'll take your 50 quid. It's fine. Whatever you want. Just tell me. (laughs) It's a very slippery slope between drag and sex work. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. So we can, if we want a cameo from you, we can go online, we can get one. What else have you got going on? What's coming up for you this year? Um, so I've got a podcast that's out right now with World of Wonder called The Things yes. That Made Me Queer. Um, we're just currently in season one. It's coming out right now. It's been, I've really, really, really enjoyed doing it. It's all about the kind of queer experience. Um, I interview different celebrity guests every week and talk about like the pop culture moments and the real life stories that kind of help them understand their queer identity. So it's really fun and um, silly sometimes and really poignant sometimes and um, just starting to plot season two. So fingers crossed that's going to happen. Uh, I, I have to yeah. say, I love it. Like, I, like, you know, full disclosure, we know you in real life. Um, so for, for like, I, I love knowing that, anyone who's a fan of drag race and who like follows you and loves your look and everything that you do. I love that they get to like actually hear from you and go like, uh, you know, beneath the, beneath the surface of, of the drag stuff as well. I, I, I don't know. I was about to say, I'm really proud of you. That sounds really patronizing. No, it's, so it's really nice. That means a lot. Thank you so much. I, it's, I've actually found it quite exposing because it's really, yeah. it's kind of, it's very non draggy in a way. Um, it's putting out, it's just putting out a different side of myself. So I've, I was really worried about their response to it, but it's been really positive. So I think, um, what I think what's great about it is it's not an interview. It's much more of a conversation. So to what you were both saying, you actually get to hear a lot about you and your experience. And I also think sometimes I was listening to the episode with Mnek. That's M and Mnek. And. He, you know, they're, they're a lot younger and they have different reference points. So I, I, it was like you were learning as well and you were finding out, you were finding out about queer things for people of completely different ages and backgrounds and what is queer to them, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but no, it's, it's really, it's really lovely. I know that sounds patronizing, but it's a really lovely listener. I mean, that's that's what I wanted. So. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly what I wanted. You tell me and Ben have been in LA so long. We're both now so sincere and nice. <laughs> Can you, do you feel like you're talking to two completely different people? You're like, what has happened to them? Why are they being so nice to me? Well, as soon as we get off this recording, we can just you can just tell me what you really think. It's fine. <laughs> oh, it's, it's fucking shit. Um, <laughs> so you've had okay you've got your cameos that we can get from you you've got yeah. your listen um, to my podcast give it a give it a check out and if you're still feeling like you want to support me after that well buy a t-shirt oh nice. yes and we can get follow you on instagram where on instagram are you what's your name again it's crystal we'll see you now on all those platforms Oh, lovely. Fabulous. Thank you so much for yeah. joining us today. Really Thank you appreciate guys. it. This has been a, um, the social event of my week, so I loved it. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you. Ding dong. 
Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap UK. This episode was produced by Bree Weiss. If you've got something to say, get in touch. Drop us an email at dragracerecapuk at afterthought.media. Yes, and please listen to us on our podcast, You're Welcome America. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and all those good places. And follow us on our Instagram. We're at You're Welcome America, which is the letters You Are Welcome America. For bonus Drag Race UK content and more, support the show over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Drag Race Recap UK is an Afterthought Media podcast. Yeah. Now I haven't watched uh season 13 this week. I'm still on the disco episode from last week. Uh where really the I feel like the main crux was wasn't it like um not Rita Burner. Who was who was the who were the two <laughs> Rita that were getting Burner. Rita Burner. <laughs> Tina Burner. Tina Burita Burner. <laughs> who were the two that were getting into it Candy Muse and who was it last Tamisha. week? Tamisha. Tamisha. Tamisha yeah. They were really going for it and then Tamisha went home. Uh yeah, fun episode fun episode yeah the, the disco episode was great and i think it was it was kind of the olivia lux kind of phoenix from you know not from the ashes but just kind of she managed to olivia really jostled her way to the front of the of the pack in in that episode and actually i won't give too much away because i think i know that you don't want to uh you, you're going to watch the episode today so but you know she's really she shines quite brightly again in this episode this episode has a uh, very tough i think you heard me talking about it um when we took a break but has a tough uh, improv challenge which is just always a little painful for me and for everyone involved <laughs> so there's a it's, yeah it's like a kind of improv uh, late night talk show kind of challenge uh, which is and obviously with that an improv challenge you've got you know high highs and low lows so it was just not the funnest of episodes to watch yeah. and I, I just as as we've said this every single week but having the UK and US on at the same time is just really just I'm 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 titillated I'm thrilled I'm excited I'm emotional for UK and then US I'm just I'm enjoying myself but I'm not like I'm not deep in it you know I'm not like I don't know I haven't right now with UK I'm just like just so on the edge of my seat trying to find out what's happening because I'm so invested in all these queens whereas the US is just so many people I don't feel connected to yeah bar Simone I'm not that bothered yeah like Simone Simone and Olivia are kind of the two that I want to like protect at all costs. And then, yeah, everyone else, I'm just kind of like, Oh yeah. I'm like, Oh, you're good. But yeah, it's basically like after watching this week, especially I was saying, um, on my text chain with George and Teddy, I was kind of saying like, they might as well at this point, just actually, no, I was saying someone else. It doesn't matter. But I was saying at this point, it feels like Rue should just be like, okay, everyone cameras down, Olivia, Simone, his, his two crowns, go forth and and be the winners yeah yeah (laughs) which is just like it's almost it's almost a a detriment to this season that simone is so good because it's kind of it's a detriment to her because it's kind of like a lot of pressure to be so perfect every week and i'm worried that she's going to kind of burn bright and something's going to go wrong and she's not going to win but also it's just assumed she's going to win i don't know it's a little uh, of a double-edged sword i think being so good (laughs) yeah early on in the show that is